Hello and welcome to On The Esky, a sports podcast where we will cover all the sports from around the world that we are very, very, very much interested in. As always, I've got the boys back with me in Peps and Monks. Welcome back to the show as always. Big big show planned. Got to cover Penrith winning the NRL Grand Final. Uh, there's trades happening in the AFL. It's cricket news. The RPL is in full swing. Then we've got a preview of week five in an NFL hour. And then we've got a final round um, to cover off the UFC fights, the upcoming boxing card, EPL with the soccer, and a little few other things as well to throw in there. As always, uh, there's timestamps for those sports, as mentioned, down below. Uh, feel free to jump ahead to anything you'd like to listen to. Uh, and if you do like listening to this content, please consider giving us a subscribe. Um, that's on the right there somewhere. Uh, and we are continuing our lockdown series, of course, as you can tell um, by the fact that we're not together in the studio yet. I'm all by my lonesome. But with the restrictions starting to eat us up in the country, uh, we will hopefully get back in together and by the end of the month in the next couple of weeks, uh, which will be good to finally get all the boys back around the table um, and dribble about some sports. How you boys been? How's your week been? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Looking forward uh, to these last few lockdown apps and getting back into the studio. Uh, I'd imagine the sound quality improves a bit and uh, the dribble remains about the same. Uh, so looking forward was in the flesh, uh, but tonight uh, via the uh, the webcam will do. How's your week been, mate? Yeah, not too bad. I uh, got my second vaccine shot today, so I'm all geared up for that 5G. Um, hopefully should be getting good reception. Hopefully my audio is a little bit better tonight off the back of that. Um, <laughs> you and Bill Gates yet? Uh, no, not hearing any voices in my head. Well, at least not Bill Gates just yet. Um, but yeah, we'll see how we go. <laughs> I always hear Bill Gates, but it's that video when he goes, uh, you know I can jump over a chair and uh, jump <laughs> over a chair and gangster music plays and that. Uh, that's that's generally the only time I hear uh, Bill Gates' voice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with that, I think we need to start talking about some sports and we're going to do our usual shout of beer out for the week. Um, and we've gone with a bit of a medical physio theme uh, for our shout of beers. Monks, do you want to kick us off? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it is a little bit medical. Um, mine's a little bit lighthearted, also a little bit feel good in a way, I guess. Uh, I'm going to shout a beer to all of our colorblind rugby union listeners and fans out there. Um, so, uh, World Rugby has announced um, as of the 2027 World Cup, red and green kit clashes will be banned. Um, so that's going to affect about 8% of males and 0.5% of female rugby union fans around the world um, who are red and green colourblind, um, which is the most common type of colourblind. So this was announced last month as part of uh, World Rugby's, um, I guess, announcements. Um, Drink Colorblind Awareness Day, so don't know how that um, flew under our radar. Um, but yeah, and then it will eventually filter through to equipment colors, uh, stadium colors, and also all levels of the sport. Um, so I suppose in terms of international games, it would be games like such as Wales and Ireland, who would have to probably change up their kits. Um, yeah, so to all of our colorblind rugby union fans, or probably one of them, uh, next beer's on me. Yeah, I was going to say, for those 10 people, this is a great initiative um, for them. 
No, no, no. You boys have forget that rugby is still a legitimate sport in uh, New Zealand and in uh, the British Isles, growing in popularity in in uh, Argentina. Uh, unfortunately, here um, starting to true. struggle a little bit. Shout out to Chris Pappas, uh, fan of the Esky, mate of ours. Uh, he's red, green, colour blind, I believe. Uh, so maybe uh, might be uh, better viewing for him uh, in 2027 when this gets in. <laughs> <laughs> I find it funny once that you chose this for your shout of beer, and uh, when Australia plays a test match on the weekend, we tend to miss it. Uh, <laughs> so, so well done picking up, picking up this one uh, for, for all That's our colour friends out there. Exactly. <laughs> it did just come across my news desk as we were logging on, so sorry yeah. if I didn't get all the facts straight, but, yeah, I thought it was a little bit interesting, a little bit, a little bit funny, a little bit cool. A little bit quirky. I like it. I like yeah. it. So going from uh, color, from people that uh, are colourblind by birth to people that like to just get blind uh, on occasion, uh, myself <laughs> over here, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to uh, stick with the medical theme that we've got tonight. I'm going to shout out Stefania Bell, uh, a beer. I think she's a, more of a fine uh, girl, actually. So if she if she wants a glass of, uh, of a nice Chardonnay, uh, it, it can be on me. Uh, she's a 49ers fan, and she's uh, actually very well learned uh, a physio uh, by, by practice. Um, but she's she's given up the uh, given up the textbooks and uh, and the, the the human skeletons and uh, and the patients uh, to take up her dream job as an NFL fantasy analyst. Uh, she's actually done it for quite a few years um, for ESPN's uh, NFL fantasy focus show, and essentially uh, she gives um, all the updates on the injuries. Uh, throughout the week uh, and, you know, guides uh, your fantasy team. Uh, that's why I'm so successful at, at our uh, uh, in our fantasy leagues. I'm currently two and two in our league and, uh, and one and three in our other league. Uh, so yeah. thanks very much, Stefania Bell. Without your help, I'd probably be 0 and 4 in both. So <laughs> shout out to you. Thank you, Pips. Um, uh, is this that... where you're going to take your medical degree as well, Pips? <laughs> I was saying it to Sarah. I was, I was I was saying it to my wife during the week. I said, "Look, guys, it, uh, I don't want to, you know, count my chickens be- before they hatch. But uh, touch wood, I, I do finish off my physio degree and then uh, land a job uh, with ESPN <laughs> or possibly an independent podcast, just doing uh, the injury updates uh, week by week. Uh, that that that'd definitely be a bit of fun." <laughs> and. Following, following that same theme there from Pepe, uh, I want to shout out uh, the NRL physio on Twitter. Um, he's actually done some really good research and been tracking the injuries all season. Uh, but these are the ones I wanted to bring up. Uh, for this year, and I'll read the stats out, there were 77 major injuries in the NRL. Um, so that was where an injury that lasted more than five weeks for recovery. Uh, that was compared to... Um, an average of 54 to 55 for the last three years, so significantly up for that. Uh, there was 124 failed HIAs uh, for a 4.7 average. Um, compared to the last five years average, um, besides that, it was 94, so again up, and that was a 3.5 per round. Uh, a total of 120 games were missed due to concussion versus an average of 33 for that same five-year period beforehand. Uh, what was interesting, there was only a 36% HIA fail rate this year uh, compared to the 38% average from the previous five seasons as well, which kind of shows there was definitely a lot more HIA um, assessments done uh, yeah. this year versus previous years, but also that there was 
significantly more uh, recovery time allocated for that as well. So it's quite interesting. I think part of it uh, reflects on, hey, the game maybe was a bit more high fatigue, uh, more injuries involved, um, getting, uh, what is it, like a 30 40% increase in major in- injuries across the league from previous is a pretty significant number. Um, you test for more concussions, you're going to find more concussions, so that kind of makes sense from that regard. Uh, but it was you know, interesting stats. Maybe, again, more tired arms, more loose arms, more loose tat- tackling technique, more concussions. So be interesting to see how that average goes uh, going forward. I do wonder if it's more concussions or they're just they're being, uh, you know, they're, they're taking it under the magnifying glass and saying, uh, look, once there is a HIA that's failed, considering that the rates didn't really increase, but we had all these these extra rounds missed, A, are people taking longer off um, to, to recover from their, their HIAs? And, uh, and and B, are they just are they just picking it up more often? Uh, you know, something that and we, we speak about it, you know, on, on the potty before, uh, but something that used to be, you know, sniff some bath salts and uh, and and get back out there, shrug it off kind of thing. They they do treat it a little bit more seriously these days. The the, the weird thing is that the high increase in in injuries, 77 injuries uh, over five weeks out. Uh, that's pretty wild uh, i don't know if it's yeah it is the pace of the game i suppose even just the sides of the athletes you know the the forwards are, are trimming down the backs are getting bigger you've got higher impact um you know collisions but it, it is quite astounding for for the, that amount of of long-term recovery injuries to go up what's that nearly 25 percent in a year yep yeah and when you think a you know Think of the Roosters, they're playing reserve grade for most of the year. Yeah, the whole year, yeah. Injuries. Um, there's a few yeah. other clubs that were kind of in the same spot as well. But, yeah, it's um, interesting. Mm. We'll have to follow it and track it um, with the, the rule changes, whether it maintains that stays the same or whether this was an outlier. Uh, but I thought it was interesting stats. Um, considering that leads us straight into our NRL and grand final uh, review of the actual game, the fourth best game of the year. Um or the fourth good game this year uh, from that list of, <laughs> of games. Uh, I mean, as in the, I want to say I put an end to probably the worst um, season of NRL, I think, since the Super League. Uh, well, it's finally over. Uh, Penrith have won it. Uh, <laughs> it was the worst administered, I, I think. Uh, shout out to the players, because I think we did see some of that. Uh, you know, we spoke uh, at length last week about Tommy Turbo, uh, but then also shout out to, to Penrith and South. Uh, we, we've seen some really good spectacles. Uh, but, yeah, the way that it was administered, what we had in Magic Round to compared to what we had in the finals, uh, is like watching a different sport. And also the quality of the league uh, between the top tier and the bottom tier sides was stark. But uh, it is a good point that you make there because it was a good game. And guess what? There's a common theme between these good games. It was low scoring. Uh, so so no need to keep tweaking the rules to try and see more points. Love seeing a 14-12 battle. Uh, it was close up until the, the dying minutes uh, and, and a really good uh, grand final for the new. Uh, the monkeys off the back, I suppose, for Ivan Cleary and uh, and Nathan Cleary. Uh, we did speak uh, earlier in, um, well, in, in past podcasts, I should say, about Ivan Cleary 
Uh, he actually had coached the second most games uh, without winning a GF, so he's finally got that under the belt. And there had been a little bit of a knock around Nathan Cleary. Um, you know, last year, him and the Panthers, the best side by far, and they missed out. Um, and then this year, the, the complete reverse. Melbourne was the best side um, throughout the year, and, and Penrith uh, get get the ring. So, so shout out to them uh, and Nathan Cleary uh, with the Clive Churchill. Uh, I, I do think he deserved it. Boys, what were your thoughts? Could it have gone to anyone else? Oh, we had a... When we were at least watching it and chatting to each other, we had a, threw out a few names and possibilities because they'd done one or two good things. But for consistency throughout the full 80 minutes, um, Nathan Cripley was probably the best man out there. Um, for uh, When you talk about that defensive battle that was low scoring, there had to be a lot of grinding game management. Well, who do you look at? You look at Nathan Cleary for putting Penrith in the positions they needed to to, to be able to win it. Like, if I if Southside won it, Cody Walker probably makes sense yeah. for some of his brilliance and the, some of the the, the tries and the, the the attacking that they kind of pushed in that last 20 minutes to even get them um, or get them close to winning this game. Um, but if you had to pick someone from Penrith, maybe you pick Crichton for his you know game-winning interception. But outside of that, you know that's one moment. It's it's a the Clifield's got to go to so a collective effort for the full 80. Um, and I think Nathan Cleary is a fair assessment and a fair pick for that. Yeah, I think it was his kicking game which uh, which kind of um, separated the sides there. Monks, did you have any thoughts on that? Uh, Cleary deserving, do you think? Yeah, uh, you know, definitely. I think just, yeah, like Sean said, his um, game management and yeah, his kicking game, um, definitely, um, and he deserved it. I think looking at stat lines, Toto had a pretty mm. pretty outstanding game uh, for Penrith as well, so he's probably was would have been the other shout for me. Um but yeah, again, yeah. I think everyone overlooked yeah. forward back for Penrith. That was if if I had to pick someone else, I'd probably go through those um, statistics uh, more detailed and see who made forty plus tackles, who made the most hit ups, the most run meters, um, and then you could say, well, hey, that's yeah. that's probably where the game was won was there. So maybe that's you know, and those guys do all the hard gritty work, but they don't get the reap the rewards very often. True, although did one in particular stand out from the others, I suppose that that might be the thing there. Just going back to your point there around Toto, uh, I think he had 238 run metres, uh, didn't get a meat pie, which is uh, unusual for him, but always, always tops the run metres, uh, does an unbelievable amount of work for a wing. Uh, pop the question to the commiso. So, yeah. He, uh, he had that on the back of his mind the whole game. I don't know how he <laughs> concentrate uh, and, and arguably be uh, one of the best players on the paddock. And then uh, and then uh, dropped the knee and proposed, and uh, and she said yes. So congrats to Brian Toto. Um, no knock, no knock on the miso, and, and I say this uh, uh, just because of my own sort of man crush on Brian Toto. And uh, <laughs> e- even if uh, it was say. Uh, Giselle Bunchen that he had been proposing to, I would still say that she would be punching uh, above her <laughs> weight with Brian. <laughs> Big fan of the man. He's he's got that cute smile and uh, and he's he's yeah. uh, had a breakout year. He's got a he's got a NRL GF under his belt, a state of origin win under his belt, and uh, for mine, the best winger in the comp by far this year. Yeah. So I was just doing some quick uh, and. 
big congrats to him as well. Uh, I would have been interested to see what happened if they had lost, uh, whether he yeah. still have gone through it or not. Uh, <laughs> I hate that. Enter for them. Um, and he had a great match as well. Uh, looking at the statistics for defense, um, uh, Appy Corusel probably could have got a shout. 51 tackles made for the match. Um, someone that probably went out a bit under the radar that uh, had, you know, because he plays second row, Kurt Capewell. Play made 40 tackles, mm-hmm. had a bunch of meters. Um, yeah, played overall pretty well. So it'd be, yeah, Zaya Yo, another one, heaps of hit ups, heaps of meters. Um, and uh, and no, no knock on these on those guys, but uh, does, does Penrith win without one of those players? Possibly, does Penrith win without Cleary? No, no, uh, I, I think that's the answer. I yeah, agree with you. And you bring up a really interesting question. Uh, do you think Latrell makes a two-point difference? Yeah, it would be very interesting to, uh, you know, to try and imagine what could have happened uh, had Latrell uh, been there. Uh, we, you know, we did speak about it last week uh, that, that no one really expected them to make the GF without their best player. Uh, so, you, yeah, you could imagine uh, the way that, that Cody Walker was setting up guys and, and getting them into space – Latrell sort of makes his own space. Uh, if if Cody and him were to link up there, uh, possibly we would would be talking about a South Sydney premiership. Uh, so and that's something that Latrell's got to think about. You know, we we all saw in Origin, we've seen him, uh, you know, coming through the ranks as a as a chook and and uh, at South Sydney the last few years, one of the best players in the game. Uh, just has to kind of get rid of this this brain explosion stuff. Uh, was suspended for what it's. Six. Ongoing into next year, yeah. Matches, I think, in total. And I think with with his uh, earlier suspension in the year, I think spent like ten weeks suspended this year. So a little bit too much out of a player of his caliber. Um, so it is a little bit of uh, shoulda, woulda, coulda, I guess, for Latrell and Stouse fans. Um, you know, if he'd been uh, involved. Well, luckily for him, though, he's still 24, so he's got plenty of time left in the league. Um, oh so. yeah, yeah, big time, big time. So, uh, you guys. Yeah, that's right. So, my other notes from the game, of course, uh, it did happen. It did happen, Suncorp. They did have good crowds. Um, they were very, Queensland was very good and they didn't have any uh, community transmission the two days leading up to it, which was excellent news. We were very worried that they'd go kind of the way that we went and kind of the way Melbourne went with their uh, AFL parties and their, <laughs> their case numbers where they're currently at. Uh, but hey, it went it went on. Um, the game kicked off, of course, with Matt Burton scoring the first try with a Luau assist. Uh, he had a very good night. Um, be interesting how he goes at the Dogs, joining, of course, at a car going across there. Cody Walker then scores that unbelievable try um, to get through, and you can see how dangerous he is. Kind of the forgotten man a little bit as well um, this season, I reckon, with how how good he's played all season. Mm-hmm. Um, with, of course, Liao Liao um, playing next to uh, Cleary all season. It makes a challenge, but there's there's talk that um, you know with Munster's nose candy deal, um, he's going to probably miss out playing for Australia if there's any international games. Um, that Cody Walker could potentially be your six. Um, yeah, it seems unlikely that any uh, rugby league internationals will go ahead. Um, but yeah, you you are right. Uh, Cody came third in uh, in the Dally M, uh, one of the best seasons ever, I think. Uh, from a 5-8 um, and and was really, you know, that close to, to being a, um, a Clive Churchill medalist, I think was by far and away um, South's best player in this game. Yeah, 
So Panthers take a, a penalty to go into the half at 8-6. Very close and poised game. Uh, Reynolds ties it up straight after the half to make it 8-all. Um, and then there was a lot of good uh, attacking action back and forth and defensive battle. There's a little bit of acting in there from Cam Murray on an obstruction. Uh, he was very good, and he was the other one. He t- he topped the match with 53 tackles, zero misses. Um, Peps, what are, what are all the memes about for <laughs> Cameron Murray? Well, I'm not going to argue with him. He's a good-looking rooster. Um, and I've seen some sort of memes where they're like, oh, uh, the first box is, uh, you know, how hot is she? And then they've got a picture of Cam Murray, and then it's uh, the response is, not that hot. Um <laughs> He's a good-looking rooster. He he was phenomenal. Um, and again, we sp- we speak about you know this imaginary uh, Australian kangaroos team that that you know we should really be talking about. Uh, if it wasn't for the cocoa world that we live in, uh, he he would be a shoe in in that side. Um, he's he just keeps getting better and better. And uh, with Reynolds going next year, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Murray is the captain of South Sydney next year. Yeah, and we'll get to Benji as well, the other senior head in that team. Maybe yeah. Cody Walker makes gets a shout, yeah. but maybe it'll yeah. uh, be interesting to see uh, that team gets put together. Um, to finish off the game, the big moment, of course, as I mentioned before, was the intercept. Uh, I kind of felt that Souths might have had a little bit of momentum. It was very much a back-and-forth battle, but they mm. kind of raise, rising to the occasion, uh, were looked more uh, attacking, uh, than the Panthers did at the point. But Crichton snuffs that out, gets the big intercept, runs away, scores under the posts, makes it 14-8. Uh, when, he, when you start to think about, hey, Souths need to try to get back in this game, who do you think about getting tries? You think about Alex Johnson uh, with 29 on the season. And, of course, he does score in the 75th minute. Great setup by Cody Walker going to the left there, puts him over. But we've got to talk about Reynolds. Um he had the, the game-tying conversion from right on the edge of the sideline. Mm. Um, he started it off right. It was coming back. Didn't come back far enough. Uh, Michael Ennis did give him a bit of a, a jinx to saying he drilled it as he's kicked it. Uh, but You know you know what that was? You, when you, you have a little putt in golf and, and someone goes, you know, yeah, that's in, and then it just <laughs> lips out and you just go, oh, that wasn't my putt, bad putting. That was you, you dickhead, on, on, the, on the jinx right there. It, uh, I, and I tell you what, it did kind of look like it was going to swing back and uh, and give some kind of Jonathan Thurston vibes uh, from from that 2015 Grand Final. And it's a cruel game, isn't it? That that was the difference uh, in, in the end, I suppose. You know, he had another chance uh, from over 40 metres uh, right at the death there for the two-point uh, field goal. But, look, a, a champion bloke, and, uh, and he'll be sorely missed at South. Uh, you can't put it down to him. I don't think there's too many people, um, you know, in that pressure situation uh, that that would have nailed either of those kicks. But yeah, it's funny how it works out. It's uh, you know, all all the all the tackles, all the hit ups, everything. Point. Mm. So yeah, and that, that two point field goal as well makes it a uh, was you know a rushed attempt. Like they didn't really set up for it, and they kind of realised they're running out of time, and he just whacked it on the boot, hoping for the best, and um, it barely made it 30 metres and was off to the left. Like, it was just low, just mis-kicked it. And, and you, you, you worry about, um, well, you, he's missed that opportunity. South's missed an opportunity. It's going to be interesting um, 
that Brisbane team next year. They does have Kate Will and Ryan James go up there. So hopefully they'll start to improve um, up the ladder. It'll be interesting to see where Souths end up because they lose him, they lose Benji. Yeah. Um, I think they lost. Uh, I think uh, James. Still, James. Is gone. To, uh, and and Burgess going to the Dragons. So yeah. just just right there, there's a, there's a fair few blokes out the door. Who's going to play seven is the big question. Will Blake Taff go to play play seven, or 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 perhaps uh, some kind of iteration with him and Cody Walker in the halves? Um, it kind of does feel like they've kind of missed their opportunity now. And and look, anything can happen. Uh, but I think there probably is that that feeling amongst South Sydney fans. A lot of them who don't really understand this this Reynolds, um, you know, getting you know let, letting a club legend go. It, it probably will leave a little bit of a sour taste in in South Sydney fans' um, mouths. I think their concern with the club was his his legs because um, he's had multiple leg or like niggles and injuries throughout his career. Um, Long term, throwing a deal at him and. They wouldn't give him anything decent, so it was like stuff here. And then Brisbane was like, "Here's a three-year deal." He's like, "That's what I wanted, long-term security." Um, so I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Will Will he be able to turn the corner at Brisbane? There, I tell you what, and something that we we don't, uh, I hadn't really considered until today. Katoni Staggs, he played what a handful of games this year, four four or five perhaps. Will he play six with Reynolds at seven next year, or do they have him in the centres and either Albert Kelly or Tyson Gamble uh, with Reynolds? Uh, again, all of this, and we've spoken about it before on the Esky, very conducive uh, to introducing another Brisbane team uh, who could be a legitimate rival straight away. Yeah. Thank you for the segue, because that kind of leads into the story. Uh, we see NRL kind of came out with some news that they'd – uh, it sounds like uh, upped their deal with Foxtel because they had a million dollar deal through to 2027 um, for television rights. Um, so whatever that breaks down over the eight years, eight seasons, so what, what is that, 120 mil a year kind of thing? Um, quick math. Uh, so with the they've renegotiated that deal to potentially free up another 100 mil. I wasn't sure if it was 100 mil extra now or over the lifetime of that deal, um, which again is probably another 12 mil every year, which essentially guarantees that, hey, we can now afford um, an expansion team. Um, supposedly the league made 50 mil in profit this season as well. Thank you, Queensland government. Uh, so they've definitely got plenty of money floating around. So they were talking about we're going to make an announcement after the G grand final. Uh, there was chat today that a decision to introduce a 70 team has essentially been rubber stamped by the ARLC um, and they had a meeting with all 16 clubs to say this is the plan and they've gone, yep, that's good. So sounds like there's a meeting tomorrow, so Friday our time, uh, to have a look at all the bids and essentially pick one. All money is on Redcliffe being the winners, the Redcliffe Dolphins, uh, but they've been told they can't be Redcliffe going forward because... Uh, Redcliffe, I think, has got a population of 56,000 people. Uh, they need to have Brisbane in the title somewhere so they can build up that rivalry with the Brisbane Broncos, of course. So whether they become the Brisbane Dolphins or the North Brisbane Dolphins, it'll have Brisbane in it at least. Um, they potentially probably stay the Dolphins because I think the lower grades, all the grades underneath the, the 
the NRL team will still be Redcliffe related and still be Dolphins related. So it's yeah, be interesting. That's all a male. Um, I think the Firehawks and Jets have kind of you know second and third now that it's they like Redcliffe, they like Redcliffe government big money um, in their coppers. Um, so yeah, we'll hopefully see the Brisbane Dolphins or North Brisbane Dolphins joining the competition from 2023 with maybe Cam Munster at six and Wayne Bennett as head coach. <laughs> That'd be an ideal start for him as well. And uh, maybe number one season ticket holder, Peter Dutton. Uh, <laughs> all the old chrome dome on the news today, uh, holding up the jersey, uh, obviously a Queenslander, uh, and him getting around uh, the possible expansion side. Don't know if that will do good or bad for their popularity, by the, by the way, but uh, <laughs> did, did notice that. <laughs> Um, the suburb of Redcliffe has a population of 10,000. Mm, and, and the whole yeah. area is not that much because it's it's not quite Brisbane. It's like it's right on the, you know, the outer edges. But I suppose mm. it does feed into that Sunshine Coast market as well. It's the gate to the Sunshine yeah. Coast. Yep. So will they try and spin something around that? Uh, time will tell, but it seems like this is a, this is happening. There's going to be a 17th team and it's, uh, it's going to be... Uh, um, yeah so the final bit of nrl news we need to cover off and we mentioned before was the retirement of benji marshall after 16 seasons in the top grade 340 346 sorry first grade games um eighth most games ever he did of course win that 2005 premiership with the flick pass that i think everyone yeah. remember him for um with the tigers and he had 201 games with them Followed that up with stints of the Dragons in Brisbane, and then he came down and joined Souths, of course, following Wayne Bennett to finish out his career for the last couple of years. Um, did have a bit of a late resurgence after, you know, being let go with the Tigers, and then well, we went back to them and played a couple of years as well. Um, so he's, I don't want to say he's been a junior man um, for a little while, but, you know, to the back end of his career, he's been filling a role, definitely a role player for Souths coming off the bench, um, that veteran leadership for that team. Uh, but you can't go past like that. I also played 31 games for New Zealand. Um, was the face of the NRL at one point um, with uh, the young talent coming through. Everyone wanted to be Benji Marshall. Um, probably for our generation, definitely. We <laughs> coming through, we were like, hey, we all want to be Benji. We all want to put on a big left foot step, um, throw a flick pass behind the back. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely been idolised by a lot of people growing up. Interesting note here, of course, when he was playing for Brisbane, he did play for the Redcliffe Dolphins. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely been around the around the the comp. Um, I think there's a little doco currently on KO, so check out that uh, on him as a bit of a tribute. But overall, stellar career. Um, didn't get the dream send off they were looking for, but you know, classy as always. Classy in his press conference, wearing matching shirts with his son, like it was a um, fitting way to end a stellar career for him. Yeah, indeed. It's uh, a lot that you mentioned. Uh, you know, the the Benji. Um, the idolization factor. Uh, I think, you know, we're not that much younger than him, which is, is the scary uh, thing, but, mm. but definitely going through high school when he was, you know, 18, 19, 20, and we were just that little bit younger playing in the, um, you know, at lunchtime trying to do Benji steps and, and Benji flick passes. And uh, that would have motivated a lot of guys uh, with some talent to actually uh, make, make it to, uh, to the NFL. And uh, you do do hear the stories. He's not quite Brady old, but uh, you do hear stories of young blokes that get to play with him and they're kind of in awe 
um, of, of getting to play with Benji Marshall. So hats off to him. Uh, an awesome career. 346 first-grade games. That That is unreal. And uh, and giving uh, the Tigers a premiership. And let's be honest, um, you know, since, since those days, the Tigers – haven't been much uh, scrapped. They haven't made the the finals uh, for for over ten years. Um, that's pretty much going back to when Benji was there uh, the first time round, at least. Um, it's a, obviously a big part in in that club uh, having having a, a a premiership to their name. Yeah, and when he went back for that second stint as well, him and Robbie Farah almost carried the Tigers into a yeah. the the finals. They couldn't get there in the end, but they. That was the best they'd done um, in years as well. So yeah, definitely, you know, he, he of course, being a West legend, uh, had a bit of mistake and, you know, the boys play for that. But West kind of don't have any of that at the moment. So uh, No. And, and to be honest, they are a bit of a shit show at the moment, which is a bit sad to see. I'll tell you what, though, just going back to Benji, a really well-spoken guy, and uh, they, they get him on 360 once a week and knows the game in and out could definitely see him pursuing something media-related uh, going forwards. Of Jonathan Thurston and Cooper Cronk uh, come come into, um, you know, the, the media. Uh, Cameron Smith had, had a bit of a role as well um, in, in the podcasting world and also in, um, in some commentary. Uh, but I would love to listen to Benji and get his insights uh, a very articulate man, uh, and think he'd have a lot to offer um, from the commentary box. Yeah, definitely. And especially when they very start true. doing international games again, like um, you know, he's he's going to have that New Zealand uh, perspective, and maybe uh, so some New Zealand bias in the commentary room would be okay over the you know full squad of Australians. Yeah, talking talking about uh, his youth days playing for Fakatane back in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with that, I think that wraps up the NRL chat um, for this week. And I just, I just wanted to just go up. back. Oh yeah, just back to Melbourne here, boys. Um, put together one of the best seasons ever. Yep. Uh, obviously, didn't make the big dance mm. when it in the preliminary final. Went out to Penrith. Panthers get revenge, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Where do we see them next year? Because they're going to lose Nico Hines, who had a breakout year and was, frankly, one of the best players in the comp this year. Ado Carr, uh, one of the best wingers getting around and apparently a real character uh, around the club. And and speaking of, uh, Dale Finucane, who's who's an old head uh, and very wise. Uh, we spoke earlier about Munster possibly linked to a new franchise. Could this be a downturn in the Melbourne Storm or do you think Belly Ake and their systems in place that has continued to be a red hot side next year and going forward. Yeah, they'll win the comp next year. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was just thinking about it. Like, so when you talk about Ado Car, and then I was thinking about when have Melbourne ever had bad wingers? Yeah, well, never. Got, they've always Valu, Corabidi, Matt King, he's going back. Like I couldn't think of any. So you know, and Frank's been there. They just churn them out. Yeah. yeah, and and wingers probably don't win you a comp either. Uh, but I, I do I do think like the whole accumulation of losing Fanuke and, and Hines, and if if Munster was to go the year after, who knows? 
Again, yeah. it's probably just some kind of next man up. They'll they'll just pull someone out of their ass. Like if yeah. we were having this conversation twelve months ago, I'd say, "Who the fuck's Nico Hines?" Uh, exactly. So, yeah. 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 Look, they've head. never they've they've never been bad. So uh, I wouldn't put my money on them being bad in the future. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and then I think about like Fanukin as well. I was like, oh yeah, he's a bit of a loss. And then I start thinking about their forwards they've had they've gone through there. He's like, well, they had Welsh now. He's really good. They had Glasby there before Welsh. He was really good before he went elsewhere. And then you just go through the list. Like he, every time they roll someone over, they just manage to replace them with, let's call them roll guys that actually do a really good role and then insert themselves into the, the upper echelons of elite talent within the NRL. Um, mm. Hey, we've said it. As long as Craig Burley is there, uh, you can, you know, you can put money on them every year to potentially win the comp because, you know, uh, <laughs> More times out of, oh, what a, I don't want to give a stupid statistic like nine, ten, nine times out of ten, but more times than not, they will end up being in the grand final and winning the comp. So, yeah. yeah. I think Roosters are probably a pretty good indicator of what could potentially happen for, for Melbourne next season. I don't think they do any worse than what Roosters did this season. Mm. Um, but, yeah, just like the Roosters, they've got, they've got a good system in place. They've got the brown paper bags in place. Um, they'll be able to make it work next year. <laughs> allegedly, once allegedly. <laughs> Except for those allegedly. times that they did get caught and they got stripped of uh, premiers. Yeah. yeah was, you you got to remember, the, take the Roosters, for example, they finished what, fourth overall, fifth overall with the – with a, um, fifth, yeah. We're all with a reserve grade side. Reserve grade side all year, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, I think Melbourne can definitely turn out talent like the Roosters can, and they've got Craig there as a coach. They'll win football games. Yeah. They yeah. might not be. They might not win 19 or 20 straight like they did this year, but they'll. They'll still be very good. They'll be very good, and um, it doesn't matter if you finish first, uh, as long as you're kind of in that four, you're always going to be within a shout of winning the comp. For sure. Uh, I think we've spoken about it before on the ESC, but maybe the 17th and 18th sides in the league should just be Melbourne reserves and Roosters reserves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if you're still going to recruit, start there. See if you can nab some guys on cheap deals and see what you get. Indeed. Yeah. All right. So let's flip codes. We're finished with the NRL and let's go to the AFL. No games, of course, are in the off season, but it's the trade window. But before we get to trades, we've got to talk about Toby Green, of course. Um, he did get, officially get his suspension. They've been talking about this for about a month, uh, bumped up from three to six weeks. Um, I think it's kind of fitting in the same week that a Brazilian soccer player gets a charge for attempted murder on a referee slash umpire after he knocked him down and then kicked him, uh, soccer kicked him in the head, um, knocked him unconscious. Uh, that Toby Green for his little shoulder bump gets bumped up to six weeks. Uh, what do you boys think on this? Well, for anyone that hasn't seen it, uh, just Google uh, Brazilian soccer player attacks referee. Some sickening scenes. Uh, the South Americans that that you don't want to fuck with them. They they do it a little bit different. With this was about uh, 14th division uh, game in Brazil, uh, and there was right police there ready to run out. And when I say and run, did run out. <laughs> uh, it was more like a brisk walk. I, I, uh, they, they didn't get out there too quickly, but the fact that they were there uh, probably speaks volumes to uh, where that where that country is at. Yeah, uh-huh. weren't weren't bribed enough for um, our referee safety. So uh, again, alleged. Uh, this is all alleged. We don't want to, uh, we're just a small podcast here. We don't want to get in trouble with any uh, Brazilian cartels uh, that, that, that might be involved in fixing lower league 
soccer game. <laughs> uh, but in, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, and I'm not the biggest fan of Toby Green. I don't think any of us here on the Esky are. Um, however, this was complete and utter bullshit. I thought there was there was nothing. I thought three weeks was harsh. I think they they wanted to make a point and uh, and say look. Not any contact with the referees is unacceptable, yada, yada, yada. Six weeks, though. So, like, if you look at uh, what you have to do to another player to get six weeks, when, when I think it was a few years ago when Andrew Gaff uh, broke that guy's jaw and he, just, he, he threw a punch just out of nowhere, mm. did he get sick? He might, perhaps. But, but that's what you've got to do to another player to, to well, warrant that, that, that time of, away from the game. Quick Google, and it was over a decade ago. Everyone knows Barry Hall's famous punch. He got yeah. seven points for that. We, it was seven, was it? The, yeah. There was a few with there was a few with Barry Hall, but uh, that that one against the, the West Coast player uh, is the, is the one that comes to mind. And he got seven weeks. So yeah. I I think that kind of speaks volumes to where we're at here. Uh, this is trop. Yeah, well, it's, it says that if you're going to touch the ref, just make sure you do it. <laughs> you, you've got a license there for, hey, it's, don't go to the soft one. Go to the whole. <laughs> you're going to get the. <laughs> just keep it. Wind up hanging off a bridge in a favela somewhere. You know, do it properly. Uh, <laughs> is is the six weeks just part of the process? So he's obviously gone in and appealed it. And because he's appealed it and it has been denied again, the attack on. But they double the yeah. The, the league wanted to to Suspension. to make yeah. it a gender. They're like, hey, you've touched the ref. That's six weeks. Uh, no, like, I, I, think, I think there was an appeal. There was some sort of appeal involved, and because he fought it, he, he got longer. I do believe that that is a thing. Um, mm. But we didn't see Gillan McLaughlin come out and say straight afterwards uh, uh, that they were seeking uh, further punishment. Um, True. Look. I did say before, Toby's probably not, not in our top 10 favourite players list. Uh, undeniable his talent and what he means to that side. Uh, but you do feel for the bloke uh, here. He's been absolutely dudded. Yep. yep. Well, it's, what does it end up being? It ends up being an extra three-week suspension for him. So he'll miss three weeks next season because he's yep. already served half, half his sentence. I guess it's not too bad in that regard, but still, yeah, you don't want to be missing games, especially if GWS had made it through the finals. You would have been rather pissed. Actually, no, it doesn't count because I didn't play, so he'd still be. So, so he caught what? So he got rubbed out of their yeah. their finals loss to yeah. Geelong. Uh, so he's already served one, so he will have to miss the first five weeks of next year. Quick back. Um. Okay, with that, let's talk about the trade period. And what are your blues been up to, Peppy? They've been the hat on? Yeah, got the hat out. Uh, I'm pretty excited, I think. Uh, the, there was a lot of uh, speculation uh, around Adam Chera, uh had expressed desire to leave the West and go back to Victoria, a Victorian boy. Um, and there was he had said that Carlton was his preference, um, not sure if there's some kind of family connection there or, or what the go was. There was a lot of talk that Essendon might be in the hunt, uh, but it turns out, uh, as of today, Adam Chera is a blue. Uh, he, he was the fifth overall pick back in 2017 and has done very, very well uh, for a youngster over there at Frio, was third in their BNF in 2020 and fifth this year. 
And uh, you throw him in the midfield that already has Walsh and Cripps. Um, you'd imagine that Carlton are going in the right direction. They did trade Sam Petrescu Seaton, uh, kind of the exact opposite. Uh, wanted to go back to WA, uh, a Western Australian uh, growing up, uh, but they traded him to the other, the other Perth team. Uh, he'll be a West Coast Eagle, and he was a former sixth overall pick. Yep. Quite different to Chera, hasn't quite lived up to the expectation uh, whether or not you know he was getting played possibly uh, out of out of position that you know he, he got selected at, to be an inside midfielder and I kind of I don't really know if he is an inside midfielder you know he, he kind of gives me goal sneak kind of vibes um, uh, and in return get this this is very Carlton like uh, so they, they they traded away their former sixth overall pick for pick fifty two. Um, so, so very Carlton uh, deal, deal right there. Uh, the, the deal did uh, also involve trading that on to uh, the Western Bulldogs for Lewis Young. Uh, he's a key tall defender, has played a little bit of ruck, uh, but hasn't had much of a go with the Dogs. I haven't seen too much of him. He's, he's only averaged about four or five games a year uh, in the AFL, so not really sure what to expect out of Lewis Young. But very happy as a Blues fan to secure the likes of Shara. Uh, looking forward to next year. Yeah, and adds a you know a few extra pieces for Vossi to play around with when he gets into the club. So yeah, well that's right. New coach, new gun, young midfielder. Uh, everything's going up Millhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what's what's been going on with the doggies? They've acquired Tim O'Brien from Hawthorne. Yeah, so just mentioned them giving up Lewis Young. Uh, they've they've brought in Tim O'Brien, uh, similar kind of bloke, but with a lot more experience. He's been playing like as a swingman. I think there was a game this year he kicked four for him when he went forward. Uh, a really good mark of the ball, took one of the marks of the year. Um, but I think they will take him back. Uh, we did see some deficits this year in their in their tall defenders. Alex Keith, a really good tall defender but probably needs a little bit of help back there. I imagine he goes back to be key defender number two. Uh, so the Dogs have picked him up. Uh, and the other thing that, that's happened from the Dogs is Pat Lipinski has requested a trade. He will go to Collingwood most likely. Uh, it's confirmed that he is leaving the Bulldogs. He's just going to put pen to paper, I believe, with the Magpies. That will probably come to fruition in the next few days. And uh, he he's a really talented midfielder. Don't let this like full year he played 11 games this year and four were as a medical sub so he essentially played seven games this year but because he just can't quite crack into the western bulldogs midfield which we were talking about is one of the best midfields in in the competition I've got uh, you'd imagine mm. yeah you'd imagine he goes to collingwood and has an immediate impact yeah yeah he's seen the writing on the wall and is like hey um, i'm not going to get a game here let's go somewhere else to um, get more match time so that finishes well the last note here sorry we've got to cover adelaide they're hotly after jordan dawson a tall wingman from the suns as a bit of last note of uh, what's happening in the trade window um they're trying to track him down dawson originally from uh, south australia of course like most of these guys have decided um to state it a desire sorry to return home uh, so you know Swans, of course, playing hardball. Don't want to give him up. Um, so we'll have to see what chess match comes here and whether uh, more play, more teams, sorry, get involved 
And maybe it's more players, but probably more picks. And I'm just sweating that deal and to shuffle a few pieces around to make that happen for Jordan. Yeah, well, it seems like the dogs have gotten involved as well uh, with them exchanging second-round picks here. The news was Adelaide's got uh, the fourth overall pick in the draft uh, next month, uh, and apparently they were willing to give up that to, to get Jordan Dawson. I don't know how much to read into that, but that, that was what was getting reported, uh, but they're hotly after him. The other thing that's been noted here is that Jordan Dawson – uh, he, he wants out of Sydney that bad that he he may renege on on his contract or or uh, sorry playing playing with Sydney and re-enter the AFL draft and that has happened only a handful of times uh, in in AFL history but uh, yeah so it'd be interesting then to see uh, whether well. It'd be funny if he re-answers the AFL draft and then um, he comes back out and they pick, you know, GWS pick him as an example. Uh, I, th- I think that would be, uh, <laughs> you, you know, hey, yeah. you're, you're running, essentially you're running the Gortland again. Um, you could get further afield and end up in Brisbane. There's uh, another potential. It depends on whether you think the other clubs would be like, hey, he's not going to come to us. He's not going to want to play for us. But then you said, well, some club might go, hey, we'll pick him up and then we'll do the deal with Adelaide for That's a right. pick. Something like that. So it'd be interesting to see how that all plays out in the in the future in the coming well coming weeks to a possible year. We'll have to see how that all goes. Oh, it'll be it'll it'll be it'll be in the next few weeks, if not the next few days. Uh, Jordan Dawson will be a crow, I think. Uh, what it costs is the main thing. Yeah. Yep. Mm. So of course uh, we will. Keep an eye on the trades and see what happens uh, over the week, as Peppy mentioned, and we'll report back uh, next week. But uh, a few clubs making a few moves at the moment to kick us off. Um, we'll see if anything major happens in that in that space. Um, but outside of that, probably not too much to the, the draft on the 24th of November. Cricket time? Let's talk cricket, baby. And when we mentioned cricket, well... The only cricket that's really kicking off at the moment happens to be the IPL. So let's start with that. And Peps, uh, you had a chance to t- talk to a few of our friends over in India. Yeah, I got invited back uh, to talk with the Delhi Capitals. Usually uh, I don't get invited back to things. Uh, <laughs> very, very, very unusual uh, uh, here to, to be re, uh, re-invited uh, and got to chat with, um, with the, the Delhi Capitals uh, in their watch party, or uh, you know, essentially a pre-game talk show uh, for the big Metropolitan matchup last week, uh, the Metropolitan Derby between Mumbai Indians and Delhi Capitals, at two of the biggest population centres there in India. Two very different histories, of course, with the Mumbai Indians being five times IPL champs and Delhi being on a donut. Uh, they've converted us, obviously. Uh, you know, we're all all Delhi Capitals fans now. Uh, there's even some, <laughs> even some talk of getting that fun jersey sent over uh, from from India. So so fingers crossed uh, that 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 comes through fruition. Uh, and that that night uh, was was a, a good win uh, from the Caps, a low scoring affair, which we've seen a lot uh, since the the tournament's been relocated to the Emirates. Uh, and it was the bowlers uh, that stepped up once again uh, for uh, Avesh Khan. He's, he's had an absolutely unbelievable season. He had three for 15 on the night. Arnavik Nortia, he uh, he bowls wheels. 
Uh, he was very good. And uh, man of the match performance from Akshar Patel. Uh, they restricted Mumbai to just 129. And after an ordinary start, uh, which saw our Steve Smith bat three, not score many runs and get dropped for the next game, unfortunately, uh, that uh, Rishabh Punt and Shreyas Iyer went out there and got them home. Uh, the Capitals also had a win over, um, and this was a clash between them and the Chennai Super Kings, uh, and a very similar game, actually. They bowled first, they pegged them back to just 136, and they got the runs in the last over. Uh, so they will, uh, buy, well, they will meet each other in uh, on the, uh, the start of the playoffs this weekend. First versus second. Uh, winner goes straight through to the final, and then loser will have to play another game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just looking at it. I think they might be one match. Well, yeah, they've got one match. Oh, oh, sorry, yes. They, uh, they've they cemented their spots, of course, uh, as Pep said. Yeah. Uh, so they will face off against each other. At least I'm looking at it hasn't officially listed them as, hey, they're going to kick off the playoffs, but uh, mm. each of them with a match remaining for – from today and tomorrow, uh, it, when the when the finals kicks off on Monday, the um, they will be uh, facing off against each other. Yeah, yeah, and they'll be one and two. Uh, there's there's no home ground advantage really, so it doesn't really matter uh, where where they finish. And then Royal Challengers Bangalore have got third wrapped up. Uh, speaking of them, Glenn Maxwell. Uh, he is in outstanding form. We spoke briefly about him last week, but since then he's added another 50 and a 40. Uh, so he's had a run with it where he's had three 50s and a 40. Um, Royal Challengers, they won one game and they actually lost one to Sunrise's Hyderabad, uh, which means that they won't contend for the top two spots. They'll finish third, which means they'll have to play an elimination game uh, when the playoffs uh, kick off in a few days. Um, just in terms of the World Cup, boys, great to see Maxi finding some form. He's, you know, doing typical Maxwell stuff, switch hitting, uh, playing shots, which no one should be able to play, but he, he is able to somehow, uh, which is good to see considering he had a bit of a lacklustre uh, IPL last year. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really sure where our runs come from, boys. We, we spoke about Smith. Uh, getting getting dropped and has probably played about half of the games for the for the Delhi Capitals hasn't been bad. Uh, you know he's averaging about thirty. He strikes just under one twenty. You know hasn't hasn't been bad. But outside of that, uh, with the the T Twenty World Cup knocking at the door, Stoinis hasn't been getting a gig uh, since the resumption of the competition with Delhi Capitals. Finch is injured and not there. And Davy Warner. Um, hasn't played this last week, uh, and I don't think I don't think he'll ever play again uh, for Sunrisers Hyderabad. So uh, apparently, wasn't even at the game uh, that the, their most recent game. He uh, he, they're obviously in the bubble there. I don't know if he elected to or if the team suggested it. He just stayed in the hotel uh, when when the team went out to play. Yeah, well, let's talk about that now because they have been really bad. They've only won three games so far. Um, and I think, and as the note kind of uh, mentions here, besides they had a reshuffle at the auction, the stuff that went down just before um, COVID hit the IPL uh, in the middle of the year, the, the whole infighting with David Warner picking the side, not being able to pick it, the whole politics and all that stuff, I think it just broke the club. So, well, broke the team, either the chemistry, it's just, it's just not there. 
Um, it sounds to me like guys are just punching in for get paychecks and then they'll finish up and then they'll sort it out and have to retool and figure it out for next season. Mm. But yeah, I think you know, David Warner's uh, not going to play again this season, probably not going to play again for these guys. Maybe gets picked up, goes elsewhere. Uh, but yeah, I think there's been a lot of stuff that happened in the locker room, in the back rooms um, that's then affected their play and that's why they've been playing so badly. To answer your other question, Peps, uh, before we jump in, uh, where do our runs come from for Australia in the T20? At the moment, it sounds like Glenn Maxwell and Mitch Marsh. They're the only ones in form, so we'll have to hope for the best. Uh, maybe they can put some tidy scores on us for us because everyone else seems to be you know, struggling or hurt. Yeah, very worried about this upcoming T20 World Cup. Let's let's put it that way. Um, what else did we get? Oh, yes, uh, Rudaraj Gaikwad. Uh, remember that name, boys. He is coming second uh, in the in the run scoring tally, just behind Kale Rahul. He did briefly have the most runs uh, throughout the week before being overtaken uh, by Kale Rahul, uh, and that's off the back of 101 uh, unbeaten, 101 of just 60 balls. Uh, he's only 24 years of age. He will play a lot of international cricket for India. He already has two T20. Uh, internationals under the belt, and uh, this game uh, against Rajasthan was was quite unusual in the fact that it was a high-scoring game. We saw 190 uh, put up by both sides, and uh, and our mate Lord Shardul Thakur, we saw he, uh, what he can do with the bat in the recent uh, series uh, in England. He, he's actually pretty handy with the ball in white ball cricket. I uh, I believe he had two for not many in that game. Uh, and like we said, we won't run through all the all the games. I think the table is possibly more interesting. Uh, Monks, if you wouldn't mind having that one up and just running us through uh, the the points. Uh, everyone's on third played thirteen games, have they not? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as we've mentioned at the top, we've got uh, Delhi Capitals on twenty points, uh, Chennai Super Kings at eighteen, Royal Challengers Bangalore at sixteen. Um, so this is where it gets interesting. Um, so currently sitting in fourth, we've got uh, Kolkata Knight Riders at 12. Mumbai Indians in fifth, also on 12, um, just behind on that net run rate. And then we've got the Punjab Super, uh, Kings on 10, uh, Rajasthan Royals on 10 as well um, for sixth and seventh. And um, Sunrise Hyderabad's um, rounding at the eight at six. Yeah, so I think given those net run rates, uh, you can put a fork in Punjab and Rajasthan. Uh, so it, it just comes down to these upcoming games. I think Kolkata play Rajasthan tonight. Uh, yep. A win yep. a win assures them of a fourth spot um, and would mean uh, five-time champs Mumbai Indians would miss out. Uh, that's because that net run rate is unassailable, I think. I don't think that uh, if both sides were to win, I don't think uh, that Mumbai can win by enough to uh, to overtake them. So luckily for them, they do play Hyderabad um, uh, for, for in their match, so they don't play... So, so, if so the ball is sure. in KKR's court. Uh, if, if they win this game, they're probably, you know, signed, sealed and delivered. They'll be finishing the fourth spot. If they lose this game... It's big, big danger, uh, you know, with, with a star-studded Indians going up, stellar dwellers who don't have much to play for uh, there. So so we'll know by, by tomorrow morning when we wake up, uh, if Kolkata win this game, uh, they'll, they'll go through. 
and if they lose, it makes it very interesting. Um, something I, I like the idea of it, but it just hasn't quite played out in the, in the organised. To have the last two games played simultaneously, uh, the idea being like you've got kind of like an EPL final day, uh, you know, where you don't really know what's going on with the other sides. You know, you've just got to play for a win. There's, it takes a few of the mind games out of it. Unfortunately, the way it's come to fruition is that uh, it's going to be two two games that aren't really going to have any implications for the finals. Uh, so Royal Challengers, Bangalore and Delhi Capitals will play each other. So two great teams, maybe a, a um, preview of what's to come, but both are short of playing finals. And, uh, and that other game uh, being uh, Mumbai and, and Sunrisers, Hyderabad. Um, yeah, so so we, it it it's a good idea in in uh in its concept, but it's it's not going to uh, actually have any implication uh, with the other teams thinking what the other teams might be doing. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Mm. So, of course, uh, we're all back in the Capitals through to the final at this point. So, <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully, see them finish on top of the table table they should uh, or maybe they might drop down to, on run rate depending on how this game goes for the yeah. Sip Kings but it'll be very very close um, oh, of course if they win their game um, against Bangalore they'll go ahead uh, with that I think that finishes up IPL mm. um, what's happening with the Ashes here Peps Oh, just a whole, whole bunch of clickbaity bullshit, I think, about, <laughs> about the Ashes not going ahead. Uh, England are kicking up a stinker uh, regarding the COVID restrictions, uh, regarding uh, family members that might be able to come, quarantine times and the likes. Uh, our government uh, probably leading the world and being the biggest tight asses in the world when it when it comes to COVID stuff. Uh, maybe with our Kiwi brothers across the ditch, I think we, we might be uh, Exhibit 1A and Exhibit 1B for, for that award. Uh, but again, I wouldn't read into this too much. I had a few mates uh, sort of text this week and say, oh, they're worried that the Ashes won't go ahead. Given that there is international travel and, in, you know, the international relations involved, I suppose not quite comparable to the NRL Grand Final where I had said, put the wife and kids and a skull bet and whatever else hold important <laughs> uh, in your life on, on the NRL going, uh, grand final going ahead. I'm a touch less confident on, on putting the wife and kids on the, and a skull bet on this. Uh, maybe just put the wife and kids on it. Um, so, so I do think that this goes ahead. There will be a bit of back and forth between the English cricket board, the Australian Cricket Board and the governments of, of both nations. But uh, don't worry, I, I think in, well, we're, what are we, less than two months away, uh, I think we'll, we'll be watching some Ashes Cricket, boys. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we get to. I think, like you say, the main problem is probably more of the, um, the travel between states. So they'll come across, they'll do their two weeks um, in, in lockdown. So I think they'll be in Ashes. It might just depend on what states they play in. Because I think we talked about this last week or even off air, that maybe they fly into Brisbane, they play in Brisbane, then they play in Perth, then they play in Adelaide, maybe then they play in Tasmania. So they avoid uh, Victoria and New South Wales so they don't have to then do another two weeks quarantine in each one of those when they skip over the states. 
I think that's the problem. And that logistically becomes a problem for the Ashes if they're going to do two-week quarantine in between each test match. Um, so maybe it ends up being, hey, they've got potentially some other places they play the Ashes at. At least you'll hit three of the, the big five um, of the stadiums with current restrictions as, because you don't have to do quarantine for those states. But yeah, maybe there's an odd one where they play like in Tasmania, as an example. Um, I reckon uh, just skips the SCG and MCG shit stadiums, no history, nothing's ever happened there, and just go straight to the Theatre of Dreams, two test matches at Monica Oval. <laughs> <laughs> Was going to say that. <laughs> it's uh, always possible, yeah. Have have Boxing Day test here in Monica. We'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hell will freeze over, I believe, before that, that happens. So... My perspective, I think it'll go ahead. Maybe they might have to tweak where the matches are, but we'll we'll see. Hopefully by then, and, and by all accounts, um, you know, Sydney seems to be heading in the right direction, so New South Wales and us should be good by then. Melbourne's probably the concern now. Um, but, again, same thing for them. If they track the same, say, New South Wales is, in that time frame, they should be all good as well. But fingers crossed, touch of wood. We'll see how we're going by then. If that border between New South Wales and Victoria isn't open by Christmas, I might need to be booking myself a one-way ticket uh, out of out of this joint uh, because it's getting a bit ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. But uh, we'll see what happens. I think this will just be uh, a media beat-up for the next few weeks, and uh, and I think we see the Ashes go ahead in the five venues that they're meant to be at. Let me put it to you this way. It's a great, great talking point for people to start talking about the Ashes right when the two football codes finish in Australia. Um, so everyone's now start thinking about cricket and the cricket season. So yeah. For sure. <laughs> and we've got we've got Shield games going ahead. Uh, obviously, a, a strange cancellation last week regarding um, a few COVID cases, but we do have games going ahead. We'll report back next week on that. And the other big thing that's going on right now we don't talk about it that much, but uh, it definitely deserves a mention, is that uh, the, the, the girls are playing at the moment. Test match between India and Australia ended in a draw to highlight the achievement uh, of Elise Perry. I believe she's over 5,000 runs and 300 wickets. That's across all formats. Uh, the first woman to ever do that. And uh, they put her uh, up. Um, I saw something on, uh, on uh, Cricket Australia uh, along with the blokes that have done that, and it's just uh, who's who of, of all-rounders uh, in, in, uh, in men's uh, cricket history. So shout-out to Elise. Uh, I believe they're playing white ball game tonight, and they're playing uh, a fair few white ball fixtures now, the girls. So good to see the growth of the sport. And uh, Elise Perry, uh, she'll definitely be an inspiration to a lot of young girls growing up that want to play cricket. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And with that, that'll finish off uh, cricket news. That means we've got to get stuck into the NFL hour. And someone that isn't going to be an inspiration for um, little girls is Urban Meyer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to use that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll pay it. I'll pay it. <laughs> well, what happened here, Sean? I, I yeah. caught the video today. Not not a great look, I must say. Yeah, uh, so, what are you hearing? So who'd, who'd they play last week? The Jaguars played Bengals. Cincinnati, and, and yeah. nearly beat him. Nearly led beat the him. whole Led the whole game until the final field goal. Yeah, so they're in and around Ohio State, Urban Meyer being from Ohio. Um, they, you know, he wanted to spend time with his extended family, of course. Um, so he'd 
Uh, today he also said that um, he talked to the GM and cleared it all and said, hey, I'm not going to get on the flight back with all the players. I'm going to stay stay here and spend some time with the family. Uh, but then uh, whether it was um, too many drinks or whatnot, he's been been videoed and photographed in a bar um, in his uh, pink OSU sweater, um, getting grinded on by uh, a little blonde lady, hands up not being his wife. Um, so, yeah, it ended up being not a great look for him. Uh, whether and his explanation is like, hey, they asked to take pictures with me and, um, and then he got a bit out of hand. Um, uh, from all the video, by all accounts, it uh, didn't look like he, he had too many objections. Uh, but, hey, it's, it hasn't been, a, hasn't been a great look for him. Um, the team, of course, now being, what are they, their own four? Oh, four, yeah. He, he kind of looking like he's um, drowning. He's in deep water and he kind of doesn't really know um, where the game is. Um, I've I've wrote the note here and I potentially said, hey, the firing could come soon. He didn't want to resign. They didn't want to fire him. So at least they want to stick it out for a little bit longer um, with, the, with the urban experiment. So we'll see how that goes. But he did apologize to the media. He said he had to get, probably get their trust and faith back. He had to get that from the ownership, had to get that from the players. Did a full meeting, I think, yesterday before um, full team meeting with all the players before training and um, kind of made his point and same thing again, that, hey, I've got to re-earn your training. I did see that the the players, they finished up uh, training with the, in their breakdown. You know, they, they say a word to finish up training, you know, get together. Um, they use grind. So, you know, on three, grind. That's how they finish training. <laughs> so, um, you know, taking a piss out of it a little bit. Um, and and that and that goes to show. I don't think his job's in in danger at at all. It's not a good look. No. I think but, the record's probably more the issue than. <laughs> well, yeah, yes and no, but no one expected him to go. Oh yeah, we, we've got Meyer and we've got Tre- Trevor Lawrence, and we're going to be four and zero. And then, yeah. and the thing is, they haven't been bad. Like they were so so close in this game uh, against the Texans. Game. And and if we look back at their record, they haven't been blown out. They haven't, say, copped an L like Houston did on the weekend uh, to, to, to Buffalo. They, they haven't been embarrassed any week. They've just been close, but but no cigar so far. I think Urban's fine. I think the biggest crime out of all of this was that pink sweater. <laughs> Definitely, big time. Uh, you know, looking like the typical trying to be hip. I um, mean, his 50s dad. Yeah. <laughs> He, he's looking like an urban Meyer, that's for sure. I'm telling you, rural Meyer wouldn't be wearing that shit. No <laughs> way. He'd be in flannelette and work boots. <laughs> that's a terrible joke. Uh, so some other news we wanted to quickly cover off. Um, it was interesting that uh, Las Vegas for the Monday night game, uh, well, was in Las Vegas, so the Raiders taking on the Chargers. Um, they had a weather delay. It was in LA, wasn't it? They were playing – were they playing at SoFi? So, yeah, it would have been yes. in LA, sorry. Yes, yeah, so they've, for the Chargers in their new – brand-new stadium, which I believe has a roof over it. Uh, yeah. Not, yeah. not technically indoor because I think it has open ends, mm-hmm. uh, but it has a big roof probably to cover them from lightning. So it was interesting they had about an hour um, rain delay or weather delay because of lightning in the area, uh, which to me seems a bit strange. Um, but anyway. I think uh, the people that implement the COVID rules starting to implement the weather rules and, and things are just getting really nonsensical <laughs> here, especially for a team whose 
logo is a lightning bolt. <laughs> uh, you know, you you think this might be an omen from the football gods that they're at, they're about to go and put out a, sh- a show out there, which they did uh, against uh, the previously undefeated Raiders. But very unusual that this game in an indoor stadium was delayed an hour for lightning. And the final note we wanted to cover before we get into the preview of week five was the Patriots release Stephen Gilmore. Um, they're you know, starting cornerback, the best cornerback probably the last two years. Currently hurt on the PUP. He's going to miss the first six games, not be available for week seven. Uh, but they have cut him. Well, they did, and then they got a few offers before they filed the paperwork, and they've traded him to the Panthers for a six-round pick. Um, essentially... By all accounts, salary cap dump. Um, they're trying to clear his seven mil. There was talk about they're trying to do a re, redo his deal and a new deal, extend it, et cetera, but it obviously didn't come together. Um, they did pick up Jamie Collins during the week, I believe, as well, so maybe they need a bit of extra cap room. By all accounts, they're against the cap and this frees up a good chunk of money for them. But it doesn't make sense. It was interesting this came straight after the, the Buccaneers had played the Patriots, so... <laughs> Uh, whether they didn't want the, the Bucks to pick him up straight away. Would have been interesting if they would have, um, considering last week they didn't have Richard Sherman on the team, now they do, um, whether they would have considered that as a better option. But anyway. Yeah, this was very unusual, I thought. Uh, considering two years ago, there was legitimate talk about Stefan Gilmore being the best defender in the NFL. If it wasn't for a guy called Aaron Donald, uh, people might have argued that two years ago. Well, Probably he won, had, a, had won, a down year last year. Yeah, he he won, did he win the did he won one defensive player of the year that year? 2019. So we're only talking about two years, and and he's gone from being the defensive player of the year to a sixth-round pick or traded for a sixth-round pick. Very unusual. Uh, Belichick, known to, to do this kind of stuff, uh, and they also do have two excellent, well, one really good other corner in J.C. Jackson. Uh, on the other side, uh, I think it's Jalen Mills. Um, but this is still a head-scratcher, boys. Is there any kind of logic that we can bring out of this? Uh, do you think it's maybe some kind of personal uh, issue, or do you think it just comes down to the dollars they wanted to free up the cap? Yeah, I think dollars, from all accounts, the players had no idea it was going down, like no one knew what was happening. It just, yeah, it just sounds like it ended up being dollars, and that's where it's where it's finished up. So they've cleared the, cleared the space they needed. Not sure what for is probably the question. Mate, it's, it's Bill Belichick, the stripper, again. I love you, baby. I love you. I swear I love you. Next day, cut. Yeah. Cut. Don't worry. He tells everyone he... He tells everyone that that uh, that he loves them. <laughs> Very much so. So he, of course, joins the Panthers, and the Panthers um, have been playing pretty decent defense up to last week. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see how – he's, of course, not going to be away available for at least another three weeks. We'll have to see how that goes. Okay, boys, week five. Let's Here kick off Thursday night football. Monks, you get some odds. Excellent game coming up from uh, a battle in the – uh, NF, NF, oh my God, NFC West, sorry. Uh, how good is it, um, of course, to have red-hot games on uh, Thursday night football? No more toilet bowl on Thursdays. So uh, it's a bit of a change. And I think it's maybe uh, a testament to the league as a whole. They've had good quality games across 
um, the entire weekend. Uh, so yeah. definitely had an excellent product um, to start this year. Probably helps with having another slate of excellent quarterbacks, come, young quarterbacks coming to the yeah. league that have been playing pretty decently um, and winning roles. I think all first-round quarterbacks play this weekend as a start. So there you go. All from the current draft? From the current yeah. draft. Yeah. So we've had we've had uh, Lawrence and Zach Wilson already been playing. Uh, Mac Jones, you can add to that. Uh, Trey Lance will be in this week, and Justin Fields will be in this week. So yeah, you're up all five, uh, which is you know how how good to to see them all getting a gig. Uh, commiserations to the blokes that are injured uh, to, to to allow uh, Lance and Fields to come in. Uh, it, it is good to see on a Thursday night a, a matchup between two quality sides. Although, having said that, the last Thursday, uh, you know, the, the battle of the, the the number one draft picks, albeit between Jacksonville and a sneaky good Cincinnati team, was yep. an excellent excellent spectacle, excellent viewing. Uh, and like you say, Sean, the product is so good. Uh, we we kind of we like to compare it to what we've got over here uh, with with some of some of our leagues. Uh, you know, pretty hard to get me interested, I'd reckon, on the Thursday night, say, if Canterbury was playing the West Tigers. Um, <laughs> and and that's, uh, uh, you know, where the comparison ends. Uh, unreal game of football and uh, and really enjoyed that one last week. Yeah. Alas. Sorry, I, just, get... I wanted to cover a final point on that. I think I saw it. I might misquote this. Um, so since September, the top 20 shows – on TV that they track, uh, 17 of them are NFL games, have been NFL games for viewership. I think one through 17 are the NFL games as well. Uh, yeah. So they've they've topped the ranks there. And I believe that that Monday night game with Brady returning to the Patriots was the most watched NFL game um, in a, many years. They had besides the Super Bowl, of course, uh, for a regular season game, they had 24.3 million people watching that. And that, that's just U.S. stats, of course. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, you know, and that's massive numbers for um, people tuning in to watch um, sport essentially between uh, New England and um, a little Florida team. So uh, it's it's big numbers of people viewing in there. Anyway, great product. Great. This should hopefully be another barnstorming, excellent game of uh, high-scoring football. Uh, mm. What do you think in this one? The Hawks, well, we mentioned before the Rams to get belted by Cards at home. Cards, the only 4-0 team left now. Um, don't think they're a team that's 7-0 likely, but I think they're going to do be re- – I'm backing them in to be very, very good. Um, yep. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Hawks did get an upset win over the 49ers last week, but they did play Trey Lance for the second half of that game, who wasn't too bad by all accounts. Yeah. But of course, still a rookie quarterback. Uh, sorry, I was going to say Chris Carson has a bulging disc in his neck, but he doesn't. Um, he's got a herniated <laughs> disc. Uh, well, but it's, it's actually the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, you should have changed it. I would have said a, it. He's got a bulging dick in his neck. <laughs> it, it, it didn't come to mind for one, and. Uh, for two, if I'd like to have a little bit of light-hearted banter about having a bulging dick in your neck, I'd probably rather do it with Tim Payne uh, than than Alex Collins. Uh, you know, if it came to fifty cups or the like. Yeah. So, but Chris, it's apparently not too severe. So, as Pat mentions, Alex Collins it will um, pound the rock, and I think think he got two tutters last week as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
out of nowhere, you got to watch out some of these running backs that that um, you know hadn't done much in in weeks previous just come out of nowhere. Alex Collins uh, had some uh, really good touches with Baltimore, I think, two seasons ago. Uh, but yeah, it looks like he's next man up there for Seattle. Uh, on the Rams side of things, they were really disappointing in that home game against the Cardinals. Uh, their defense, which is meant to be this highly touted defense, they've got Aaron Donald, they've got Jalen Ramsey, two of the best players in the league. They got absolutely stomped on by that Cardinals offense. Uh, how do we see this one panning out? It is up there in Seattle. I I I think the Rams bounce back. I think they get the win here. Yeah, I like the Rams um, for a better defensive team than what the Seahawks put together. But whatever the whatever the total match points is, is in this, I'll take the overs on it. They, these guys like to both these teams like to score big points. So I'd say the Probably going to be like a 55, 54 total match points. I think they'll hit 60. Mm. Mr. Monkey? Well, I'm sure Monks will be able to help us out with those uh, overs. Uh, but I agree. The two, well, especially the Rams, highly powered on offense. Um, yeah, you'd expect you expect this to be a bit of a shootout. Monks, you got some odds for us there? Yep, yeah. Um, I have gone on the Rams as well. They are favorites leading into the match at $1.70 with the Seahawks out at $2.16. Um, total match points of 54 and a half. Yeah. I, still think there, Sean. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, I, that, that is a high line, but I tend to agree with you there. What surprised me, the head to head's actually pretty close. Uh, Seattle's only just over two dollars there, so yeah, the, the bookies aren't as confident as us all going with the Rams, uh, here. Uh, and look, an enthralling contest and can't wait to watch it tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. So then that means we kick off uh, the Sunday games and the early games start with um, probably the two worst teams in the league currently, oh, outside the Jags. Oh, I'll, I'll give them their props. Both one and three, though, Jets and Falcons. Uh, the Detroit Lions say hello. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there are a few teams also floating around on one and three, the Eagles and Vikings as well. Man, that Lions-Vikings game. We'll get to that. Um, so the Jets are taking on the Falcons. Jets got off their donut with a bit of an upset win over um, the Titans. Titans, of course, had no receivers in this game. Um, we expected Derrick Henry to get um, 50,000 touches. Uh, but in the end, um, they did enough. I think Jets did enough to stay ahead, which meant the Titans had to chase. So they had to throw the ball. So it actually ended up being the backup running back. He got in there for a fair few touches as well. Uh, not touches, but um, receptions, because they played a third down, like nickel-style offense, um, to try and catch those points. But the Jets, they did get off that donut. They did get seven stacks. They do have a good defensive line. Of course, still gave up 450 yards of offense, but they did manage to win. Uh, Falcons, on the other hand, didn't blow, blow a bit of a good lead, which ended up being a good back-and-forth game between them and the yeah. Washington team. Um, and that man is now on... Uh, Monkey's fantasy team, Cordell Patterson, um, still showing that he is number three ranked, I think, for fantasy <laughs> currently and the best running back on the Falcons team at Anthony Brazil. Uh, he's the highest scoring fantasy running back on the Atlanta Falcons team. Uh, Monks, how did he go for you on the weekend in your fantasy team? Uh, I imagine you started him, yeah. did you not? Yeah, he went great riding my bench. Um, <laughs> I had at least 50 points on my bench this week, I think, and 
and only lost by what was it like two or three points so yeah mm. not not dirty about that at all <laughs> <laughs> i believe the man that you had as well was a late scratch in julio jones uh goes to show yeah. it, look if you're serious about this boys the alarm's got to go off uh you know 3.55 in the morning, say, babe, don't worry, I'm, I'm doing some important work stuff. I've got to be up early and uh, just it. make sure that your fantasy lineup's set. That's it, yeah. But, but no one might. Uh, I, I can't lie, I have done that once or twice while I've been versing you, just so I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, quick, take it, take it. Yeah, he's helping, good. Go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, look, to be honest, with my luck, I'll probably put um, Patterson in this week. Um and have Julio out, and it will just be absolutely reverse um, to hell the tape. So, um, yeah, can't win either way. Well, that's something that I wanted to ask you, boys. Do we see this being maintained? I, I'm still very sceptical. Look, it's it's awesome to see a bloke that's been in the league 10 years, essentially as a kick returner, go out and have such a big impact on the offensive side of the ball. But... Do we see him at the end of the year being number three running back overall, or is this just a, a bit of an anomaly to start off the year? Maybe not number three overall, but I think he could be up there because the Falcons have that same problem I just mentioned before that the Titans had, whereas they're going to be chasing. They're probably going to be behind a lot, which means they've got to pass the ball. Mike Davis can mm. catch passes, but their preference is, well, we'd, we'd want to get Patterson into those spaces versus Mike mm. Davis. And, they, hey, they can move him around the formation. They can spread him out wide. He can play receiver, whatever. Um, mm. And it definitely helps when they've, you know, sending Ridley and um, Pitts downfield or go those 20-plus routes. Um, then they're hitting Cordell underneath, so they're freeing him up. Yeah, hitting those flats, uh, yeah. So yeah. we'll see. I don't think the Jets are the – well, maybe. They've, their head coach is a defensive guy, and whether they game plan to try and take away those that stuff. But then maybe that frees up Pitts and Ridley, who have had quite years to kind of to kick us off so far. Because, you know, one's got to give for the others to feast. And at the moment, Peterson's the one feed, Patterson, sorry, is the one feasting. feasting. Yeah, highly touted guys in Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. I think between the two of them, they have one receiving touchdown. Uh, whereas Patterson, I believe, has four. I think Mike Davis has found the end zone uh, catching passes from Matt Ryan. Uh, so obviously not looking downfield all that much. Although some of these Patterson routes, he does line up as a wide receiver and go deep. Hence why the term running back is very loose. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Who's their number two? Is, is Gage still their number two? Yeah, he's been there. And uh, Zacadius, yeah. uh, this is up the top of my head here. Uh, Zacadius, mm, someone's. Oh, let's go. It looks like Gage has been injured. He did finish last year with 72 receptions, 700 yeah. plus. So far this season, he's only played two games, got five receptions in total. So he also have it a down year. It sounds like they might be a bit banged up in the wide receiver core as well. So they're Ridley and Pitts are getting double teams. So like I said before, that frees up um, Patterson for now. And Who do we think is winning this time, though? Well, just quickly, I know this is a long time <laughs> to talk about Jets and Falcons. Again, there's a guy called Julio Jones that used to play there, and maybe you're kind of thinking, oh, this guy was actually really good, and that's why Calvin Ridley had had such a breakout the last few years, in that Julio was getting the best corner and some safety help on just about every route, and then Matty Ice has gone, oh, well, there's Calvin Ridley wide open again. Let's hit him up. You take Julio out of that system, and now you're seeing it 
the the deep passing game starting to struggle a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, that is enough out of the Jets and Falcons. Uh, I've gone Falcons. Sean, Same. who's your tip? And yeah, Falcons and Monkey, you, uh, the odds in your tip, please. Yep. Um, I have gone the Falcons as well. Uh, don't know if that's too much of a curse on this game, but we'll see. Uh, they are favourites $1.56. Jets are $2.43 at the moment. Um, we have a total match points of 46.5. Mm, don't like any of that. Um, mm. Probably only interested in this game in terms of fantasy purposes. Uh, you wouldn't expect either of these teams to be bothering anyone in the postseason. No, they're not even going to get close to postseason, I don't think, for these two. Both picking in the top ten. Um, okay, next match, we've got Eagles taking on the Panthers. Eagles weren't bad in that loss to the Chiefs. They did have to chase and put up a lot of points. Did score 30 themselves, but Chiefs scored 42. Uh, Hertz did have almost 400 yards, two touchdowns, and another 50, almost 50-odd 50 rush yards. Was third currently third QB in fantasy. What's interesting? Did story, anyone see that coming? That through a quarter of the year, that Jalen Hurts would be the number three fantasy quarterback. Unfortunately, it hasn't really translated into wins just yet. But he's been going pretty good. Yeah, I, potentially, and uh, I think you could kind of see it if he was going to be the starter long term, and they had you know conversations about other stuff, and he kind of inserted himself in there. But he's the type of quarterback that does well in fantasy. Um, I can't remember who's won. I know Murray's two. I'm not sure who one is at the moment. I think uh, it's Mahomes as of this week. It, what, I think it was, as of last week it was Brady. Uh, but I think I think it's uh, Mahomes and um, and Kyle are two. But, yeah, look. Guys fantasy, that have, guys fantasy that football, it, it favours guys that run the ball a so, lot. So, a turn who hasn't been able to run the ball is Miles Sanders. I've got him in my other league. Uh, and he has been next to a non-factor. Uh, he had 13 rush yards on the weekend, and he had 27 in week three. He has single-digit carries in the last two weeks. Um, I think fantasy war- uh, owners should be worried. He was probably a top 15 running back uh, on people's boards at the start of the year. Um, I don't know what's going on there. They they can't run the ball. Is it just because they're always behind? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's past that. It sounds like he's in a timeshare with Kenneth um, Gainwell as well. So he's yes. actually been playing pretty well and stealing some of those touches. Mm. But like they've got that similar problem. Like, hey, we got to chase. They get the nickel dude out there, or they you know they have to rotate because they're running routes more than they are getting handoffs. Um, so they rotate them a bit more, keep them fresh, etc. So it sounds like he's in a timeshare and Gainwell's been doing well. Um, mm. Obviously, maybe there's just better chemistry there with Hertz now as the starter. Uh, but, yeah, we'll have to see how that progresses going forward. Gainwell's a big name on the waiver wire for this week. Um, so if, you, if no one's picked him up, try to check that out. Uh, but someone that does have good chemistry with Hurts at the moment is Devontae Smith, uh, who mm. is uh, starting to um, ascend. He's definitely the wide receiver number one. He did have seven catches for 122 yards in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we said, Eagles offense has been good. Their defense, not so good. Um, on the flip side, we then have the Panthers. They did cop their first L, losing to the Cowboys. Um, Son Donald did have two rushing touchdowns as well. That's five for him on the year, um, looking like Lamar Jackson out there. DJ Moore has been excellent this year too. Um, he had eight catches for 113 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, mm. But it's hard to chase 
the Cowboys and their offense um, and the points they can put up um, mm. did go down to them. And this one, though, I still like Panthers. I'm actually backing the Panthers over the Eagles in this one. Yeah, I like the Panthers too. Uh, I, I like what the Eagles are doing on offense. It's it's quite surprising, uh, despite not having a running game. But they're normally renowned for having a pretty stout defense, and their defense has been very, very ordinary. So I'd expect the Panthers to get the job done at home here. Monks, your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Panthers have been quite surprising this season. Um, I think a lot of us have sort of written them off, um, yeah. particularly against the Saints, at least. <laughs> well, if um, you'd ask me who'd, be the, uh, who'd have the most rushing touchdowns through four weeks of the NFL, and you told me Sam Darnold, I would have said, get the drugs <laughs> and tell me who, who the real person is. Uh, <laughs> but it turns out it's Sam Darnold. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Um, and yeah, again, quite surprising for Sam Darnold. The situation he he was in at uh, the Jets to move to Panthers, um, quite surprising. I so I have gone Panthers this week. Um, they are favourites at dollar fifty one. Uh, the Eagles are out at two dollars fifty six, and we've got a total match points of forty five and a half. Yeah, interesting that those over unders. Forty five and they might get. I think they might do that easy. Yeah, I I, I like overs more than, than anything. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Overs more than anything in that. Okay, so then we move into Saints taking on the Washington football team. The Saints are coming off a shock loss to the Giants. Um, their defense has been pretty leaky. They've got some good talent there in the secondary. They've got some guys on the defensive line, but they just can't put it together as a whole as a defense. Um, Taysom Hill is a force in the red zone. Uh, yeah. I think Winston only had seven, 17 sorry, passes in this game. Um, so they're very much uh, low on uh, passing and high on uh, rushing attempts. And Kamara got 26 for himself in this. Uh, Washington, the other side, did come off that win against the Falcons. Uh, scary Terry being very scary. Uh, had an electric game for them um, to get them over the line. And uh, JD... JD McKissick's uh, touchdown to win it, to jumping out from the eight-yard line into the over the pylon to get the win um, was good viewing. Who do we think in this one, boys? What, what are you leaning towards? I thought the Saints would be better by this point after a month of football, but I'm not so sure. Well, after week one when they destroyed my Packers and I thought, oh, wow, we, uh, maybe the Saints are the real deal here. They've looked very lacklustre since then. Um, an interesting matchup here. You'd, I'll probably lean towards the Saints. I do think they're a better side than the Washington football team, whose defense, who was meant to be this really good defense coming into the year, hasn't been that good. Um, just got home late against the Falcons, thanks to that JD McKissick. Um, I don't know if you guys played Tony Hawks back in the day, but you could turn the, the moon gravity on and just, just fly <laughs> through the air. Uh, that's what J.D. McKissick looked like uh, diving into the end zone uh, there. But I'm going to go Saints. I think this is a tough one to pick, uh, but I'll, I'll go Saints for the away win. Yeah, I had the same kind of thinking for you as well. Um, I thought that, you know, the Washington defense, their secondary just hasn't been where it's at, and that's really hurting their um, defensive line. Um, but I think the Saints overall defense should be better. And their offense not finding, not hitting all its stride or hitting its gears yet. Still, of course, missing their two top two wide receivers. 
Um, but they've still got Alvin Kamara there, and he's he's doing bits for them. So um, I've gone Saints as well. Hmm. Um, I have actually gone Washington. Um, yeah, Saints have been underwhelming for me. I don't particularly know why I've gone Washington, probably at home. Defense does have something to prove. Hopefully this is the game that they can prove it. Um, yeah, Winston probably hasn't uh, stepped up as much as he probably could have so far to date. Um, so, yeah, I've, that's probably why I picked the uh, football team there. Um, they are going into the match as underdogs at $2.12. Saints are favourites at $1.73. Um, so still going to be very, very close competition. And we've got total match points of 44. Avoid all of that. Yeah. <laughs> really unsure. Yeah. I think the only unders I'd take would be uh, Jameis Winston pass attempts. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a market on that, and it'd probably be like um, 15. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, moving forward. Uh, Battle of AFC South teams, uh, the Titans take on the uh, Jaguars under their uh, party mad uh, Ohio State pink sweater wearing coach. Uh, the Jags, there's only two teams left that are 0-4, the other one being the Lions. Uh, James Robinson has been uh, very good in the last few games. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is that far off. Uh, I, I think there are other teams out there that that are one and three that perhaps are on the same level as the Jags. The Titans, on the other hand, they had a, a that unexpected loss to the Jets. Um, their offensive line, which has been a strength uh, of late for them, has been bad. Tannehill's been sacked 17 times, including that seven to the Jets that we mentioned. Uh, and I learned a hard lesson uh, last week. I looked at the line for Derek Henry rush yards. 124 was the unders overs there. And uh, the bloke went out and he had 33 carries for 157 and a touchdown. <laughs> and how's this? Through four weeks, he's got 103 carries, 510 yards, four touchdowns. He's on track, uh, considering there's an extra game this year, mm-hmm. to go well, well over 2,000 uh, rush yards and, and also on track for close to 20 touchdowns. I thought he already hit those 2,000 Ks, uh, <laughs> 2,000 yards last week. <laughs> <laughs> pretty close. Fucking pretty close. At James Webster, the accountant. <laughs> the, the accountant that uh, that stinks at mass. <laughs> I say that with love. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what else is, is a big thing, boys. AJ Brown, Julio Jones, both uh, out last week. Uh, two of the better wide receivers getting around in the NFL. Uh, and then that, that hurts you. There's a reason why they pounded the rock extra uh, in a game where, where they probably could have uh, been trying to force the ball downfield a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting. Obviously, we're a few days out, so we probably won't know the uh, availability of either of these guys. But they're a different team with those two in the lineup, you'd imagine. Yeah, definitely. And uh, game script... Uh, for this probably follows the same um, as last week. They're coming up against the 0-4 Jags. They you know, don't have a much of anything across the entire team, so expect Henry to get 40 touches in this as well. And they pound the absolute, try to pound the absolute shit out of the Jags. 
I can't find anything quickly on AJ Brown or Julio. They're both listed on the injury report, though. So I think it's it's soft tissue. I think it's both hamstrings. Um, Isn't so, great for wide receivers. No, and and Julio especially has a, has a history with with hamstring issues. Uh, AJ Brown, I took him in the second round uh, in in our fantasy, and unfortunately, he's been plagued. Uh, by by injury and uh, underperformance so far. So we'll see what happens there with the big rig that used to play at Old Miss with DK Metcalf. In terms of this game, I think the Titans do bounce back. I think the Jags go to 0 and 5. Uh, however, I don't think it's clear, cut and dry, put the wife and kids on, on the Titans. Uh, I think it will be close, uh, but I, I've gone Tennessee here. Yeah, the Jags have been surprising people, but I agree with you, Tennessee. Is the AFC South the worst division in in football? Mm. Yeah, this year it is. This this year it is. There's a number of factors, of course, leading into that. Uh, you know, uh, the Colts, at Carson Wentz hasn't been that uh, healthy slash, slash good. Um, and then you go, obviously, to Houston with the whole Deshaun Watson uh, scandal. Uh, so, so perhaps a little bit outside uh, of the realm of control of the NFL, but I, yeah, they're the worst division in the league this year. Whoever wins that division will be the only uh, team from that division to play playoffs. Yeah, I think the uh, which is good good news for the Titans is they probably only need to win seven games this season to make the the final. Yeah, we're interested to see. Uh, where the other three finish up, but I don't think they're going to do any good, as you mentioned. Um, I, of course, Titans. They should win this. Jags will be competitive, but I don't think this is the opponent they beat. Bunks, any upsets? Uh, no, I can't see an upset here. Sorry, I have gone the Titans as well. They are favourites, $1.45. Jags are $2.78 at the moment. Um, we have a... Total match points of 48 and a half. Don't like none of that. Uh, I think we keep moving on. Um, what about what about the line for this one at four and a half? No. Yeah, you know, I I do like that. Um, as, and again, especially if those receivers are in, which we won't know for a few days. Um, uh, but yeah, four and a half is always a hard one, isn't it? Because all three three and a half really. Uh, mm. Because of the, because of the field goal factor, uh, but yeah, I think the Titans bounce back and get the job done here. Yep. Mm. And then then that leads us into the worst game of the round, purely on records, because we've got an 0 and 4 team taking on 1 and 3, and that is the Lions taking on the Vikings. The Lions went down to uh, the Bears, 24-14, and the Vikings played an absolute barn burner in a 14-7 game against the Browns. Uh, and another close battle for them. Uh, but I think, and you're probably going to agree with me, the Vikings at one and three are not a one and three team. They've, they've... I think they're the best one and three team in the league. Um, they, they've been very, very close. They've had an overtime loss. They've had two loss. Um, yeah, one was the overtime loss and another loss by a field goal. And then that, that low scoring affair against the Browns on the weekend. Um I think Kirk Cousins has been really good. He probably had his quietest game against the Browns on the weekend. 
I think the Vikings do this very easily at home. Uh, Detroit, they're, uh, Detroit's a bit like Jacksonville. Like they're, they're both 0 4, obviously, but they actually they they haven't been that bad. Like they, they haven't been embarrassed yet, either of those teams. There hasn't been a real blowout. Um, but in terms of this one, I'm pretty confident with the Vikes. Davin Cook was back last week. Uh, their, their offense is, is rolling. Um, I think they get the job done here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm back to Vikings. Thanks. Mm. Yeah, back to Vikings as well. Um, I think one of the shorter odds of the week, they are favorites at $1.23. The Lions are out at $4.20. Uh, and we've got total match points of 49 and a half. Don't like any of that. Sean, moving forward to your team, the Denver Broncos. Uh, we did mention uh, going into last week's game that they were 3-0, and but their opponents were 0-9. Uh, so they, they faced a good Ravens team. What did you take out of the game? Yeah, well, I think I said it last week as well. If, if we're getting into the meaty part of our schedule and if we won a game in the next two months, I'd be happy. Um, because we're getting to to some of the you know more known top teams, um, yeah, we're banged up. We're missing nine starters. Um, the Ravens on the other side, yeah, they're hurt as well, um, but they still have an MVP playing former MVP playing quarterback for them. Whereas we lost Teddy Two Gloves and a legitimate backup um, uh, in by halftime, and then our backup to him came out and Drew Lock and did nothing. Um, the Ravens just dominated us. Um, you know we've. We held them to 23 points. Like, it was low-scoring kind of game. But, um, you know, it showed that there's there's levels to this and Denver aren't on that level yet. They still need to take a step or two to go that way. Um, but to go to my previous point of, hey, I'll be happy to win a game in the next two two months. Luckily for us, the Steelers are playing absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and Big Ben is all, <laughs> all kinds of being banged up. He's got a pec injury. He's got a bad hip. Um, you know, he's... He's the old man out there with his A-frame at this point. Um, so he's he's been struggling, and they got pumped. Um, uh, well, they didn't get pumped. They got beaten last week, uh, of course. Um, but yeah, they, let's get pumped. I think they're the pack. Yeah, we'll go with pumped by the pack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 20, 27-17, that game finished up against the Packers. Um, but, yeah, they have been bad since their first win over the Bills, the kick of the season. And the Bills, on their flip side, have been excellent. Um, they have been a little bit injured themselves. Um, Chase Claypool's been injured. TJ Watts missed a game. He played all the weekend, of course. Um, but yeah, it seems like um, Johnson, their wide receiver, and then uh, Harris, their running back, have been the most fantasy relevant players for them. Harris, I think, at one point, I think he was leading the league for receptions because he had 15 in one game, didn't he? Um, yeah, it, yeah, I think 14 or 19 targets or something in one game. We spoke about it last week. I think that's because. A, ben, Big Ben's arm strength, or B, the pass protection is not allowing them to go deep. Yeah. Uh, and and hence, Juju Smith-Schuster has been a non-factor. Chase Claypool obviously been out. I've been very impressed with Deontay Johnson. I think he's been very good. Uh, but this Steelers side, pretty hard in, in a pretty tough division this year, especially with Cincinnati playing better than people had expected. Uh, guess what? I'm back in here, Sean, to get the win at Heinz Field. I've gone the Broncos. Yeah. I just want to cover that point on Juju as well. I saw some of the pass attempts from Big Ben to Juju during that game against the Packers, and he's just missing. He's just overthrowing him at the moment. So whether that's, again, a 
part of that, you know, their offensive line is poo. Um, mm. So Big Ben's really struggling. And then with the injuries, uh, Hip and Peck are both are not very good for helping you to throw deep balls. Um, but, yeah, like a, like you said, I've, of course, back Denver in here. Looking likely that Locke's going to be quarterback um, with uh, um, Teddy uh, con- having a concussion from last week's game. But even still, I think, you know, it, it's going to be a defensive battle, low scoring. If the total match points is about 45, I think unders all day long. Yeah, I like the unders too, Monks. So I'd love to know the uh, odds and uh, the total match points there, if you wouldn't mind. Anything? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, I'd like to re- re- reiterate uh, what Sean said. Um, Big Ben's passes just seemed a little bit wayward. Seemed like there was a bit of miscommunication with his receivers um, last couple of weeks. Um, offense isn't just there. Um, defense, similar, probably underperforming. Um, I have actually gone with you boys as well and gone the Broncos. Um, they are underdogs at $1.97. Pittsburgh are at $1.84. Um, we've got a line of one and a half and total match points of 39 and a half. They've gone low. They know. <laughs> They're one step ahead of us. Um, but interesting how close those odds were. Maybe we've put a little bit of a curse on Denver. Uh, maybe uh, everyone else in the NFL world has kind of <laughs> cottoned on to the fact that, they, that they've put away three pretty garbage teams and, and maybe Pittsburgh's a little bit better than the teams that they've beaten. But uh, mm. we'll find out on the weekend. Yep. Yep. Um, that leads into a matchup between three and one teams and the Packers taking on the Bengals. Uh, Pack finally starting to get on a roll um, after the, you know, their terrible start to the year, but they've, um, well, their first six quarters, let's call it that. Their six, first six quarters were pretty average and then they, they've hit the the right gear and they've started to kick off. Um, so they, of course, won three on the trot. Uh, Randall Cobb starting to get involved as well, got a touchdown, I believe, against the Steelers. Two. Uh, yeah, two. Um mm. On the flip side, though, the Bengals, they started off pretty slow, 14-0. You thought they were always in that game, though, and they really, I think their defense, it was a bit of a defensive battle against the Jags. It was quite interesting. Their defense kind of got them into it and then got them into situations, and Joe Barrow then kicked off, and they played pretty well. They got, um, you know, Barrow finished with almost 350 yards with two touchdowns, um, but they did get Uzmar uh, very involved, and he had a big game uh, there tight end. He did have five receptions, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. Do I see them beating the Packers? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I tend to agree and possibly a little bit biased, but uh, <laughs> the Packers have been very good other than that that game uh, against uh, the Saints in week one. And, yeah, like you said, a little bit of a slow start against Detroit, but uh, nothing like a, a game against Detroit to, to get you into a bit of momentum <laughs> and they haven't looked back since then. Uh, the Bengals, you know, they've, they've surprised a lot, been a lot better than uh, a lot of people expected. But I think the pack get the job done here and uh, progress to 4-1. and one. Yeah, I think Joe Mixon also is... Um, uh, yeah, yeah well. big point there. Uh, so that'll be uh, Samaj Perrine that takes over the uh, the majority of the carries there for Joe Mixon. Uh, I don't think he's expected to be out long. Uh, Quick news, says he may miss a couple of weeks and. He's not practicing at the moment. He's dealing with an ankle sprain, which ankle's never great for a skill position. No, 
Mance, uh, if you wouldn't mind, before we get into the late games, the uh, odds and your tip, I'm going to duck off for a quick wee and I'll be back. <laughs> sure. Um, yep, so I have also gone the pack. Um, they are favourites at $1.59. The Bengals are out at $2.37. And we have total match points of 51 and a half. What if it might have been in the mm. five kind of bracket? I think that would have been juicy. 50s. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, pack's always good for the points, and Bengals have been okay, so they could push it. We'll see. They did start off very slowly against the Jags, which would have me worried mm. for that. But anyway, um, Sunday late games. We'll kick off with yeah. us taking on the Raiders. Um, they're going to Las Vegas. The Bears, of course, as mentioned before, have announced during the week that uh, Justin Fields will be their QB going forward. And I think that's paddling back to us for the start of the year that Andy Dalton wouldn't last a month. <laughs> and that has come to fruition. Um, bad news for them. They're running back David uh, Montgomery. Uh, they were worried ACL. Luckily, it's only a knee strain, but he will miss mm. four to six weeks. Um, they it's do have former, yeah, former chief and Damien uh, Williams to come in as their next man up, who potentially could have been a Super Bowl MVP um, if he didn't play with someone named Patrick Holmes in that team. <laughs> He's got some ability. Yeah, definitely. In, in that Super Bowl, uh, it's kind of been second fiddle. Uh, since then, but uh, an excellent game. I imagine being picked up in a lot of fantasy leagues, uh, you'd you'd think he, he'd have a bit of a role this weekend. Uh, what about the Raiders, boys? Uh, probably a bit of a reality check after a flying start. They had been involved in some wild wins, I suppose, uh, in the first few, few weeks. So maybe uh, a little bit of, a, um, of an L... Uh, not the worst thing for him to cop. Uh, I was just happy uh, I had a very close encounter in our fantasy uh, matchup. Uh, I needed, uh, I needed, I think, less than 36 points out of Austin Eckler and Mike. Eckler had an excellent game. Mike Wood had a little quiet one to get me a W there. But the Bolts and the AFC West, we, we talk about the AFC South being horrendous and the NFC West being very good. The AFC West is very, very good, and this matchup is scintillating. Uh, Justin Herbert has been unreal. He doesn't look like a second-year quarterback. He looks like a bloke that's been in the league for six years. What do we reckon here, boys? You're jumping ahead of us. We haven't finished up with the Raiders yet. Oh, my apologies. My apologies. That's all right. Uh, You did mention the Mike Williams bit there, um, and – that was a good point you made because the Raiders actually did pretty well on the receivers for the Chargers. Like Keenan mm. Allen, I think he had seven receptions, but it was for 36-ish yards. Um, yeah. So they, they did well on the receivers, not so well on the tight ends and running backs, um, as you mentioned. Uh, I think I've got an upset in this and picked the Bears. Ooh. And I wanted to – no, I picked the Raiders, so no upset from me. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to make... Change it. Change it. You, you, you must be thinking it. Uh, well, I thought about it, but because the point I wanted to make was um, when we talked about running quarterbacks and fantasy relevance, um, and there's two, Justin Fields and then Trey Lance playing this week, um, they potentially could be put up some decent numbers for the quarterback position in fantasy. But, yes, I have picked the Raiders, and I've picked the Raiders at home. Mr. Muggy? Oh, Peps? Raiders for mine. 
Um, who did I go with? I went with the... I'm going to say Raiders. Raiders. I don't know where I've got, where it's gone. Um, I'm listening. I am all over the shop at the moment, <laughs> aren't I? Um, yeah, Raiders are favourites. Uh, they are $1.39. The Bears are $3 at the moment. Um, and we've got total match points of 44 and a half. Yeah, listeners, you just had a preview of the inner workings of Monkey's Head as it, the cogs tick over. Um, that's what happens when yeah. you try mass. Um, no, no, I was just, oh, I was going back to the uh, Sunday. Glitch, uh, because uh, that would have been an easy, <laughs> easy cover, I, I think. Possibly uh, might have got us out of uh, <laughs> out of a sticky situation there, Monks, but it was just the cogs turning in there. That's <laughs> it. No, I was just thinking, um, we did not cover the Tampa Dolphins game, um, the early games of Sunday. Uh, it's probably because we didn't have it in the notes. Uh, so Tampa Bay, Tampa <laughs> Dolphins. Uh, as the resident Tampa Bay fan to remind us here, uh, quick take, um, Tampa Bay, of course, beating uh, the Patriots. Uh, they should beat yep. the Dolphins for mind. Uh, we'll have a quick look. The Dolphins lost to the Colts um, last week. So, yeah, Tampa Bay for me. Yeah, Tampa, uh, my apologies there, uh, boys. Trying to string together the notes. Uh, a little bit uh, rushed uh, this week, and I've missed the battle of the, the Floridian teams. Uh, but uh, we need to spend too much on this one because Miami's offense no. has been dreadful. And uh, whilst Tampa Bay were probably a little bit underwhelming uh, in that big game uh, of Tom Brady returning to his home at Foxborough, they got the win. They're much better on paper, and I think they win this pretty comfortably. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the the wet game up at um, Jet Stadium probably hampered the Bucks' deep, uh, offense a little bit in that one. But yeah, definitely going uh, backing them in this week against the Dolphins. Uh, they are favourites at dollar eighteen. Um, Dolphins are out at four dollars ninety at the moment. Total match points of 48 and a half, and we have got a line of 10. Ooh. All too high for mine. What are the total match points? 48 and a half. Mm. Yeah, I, I would say take the overs, but I don't see Miami scoring more than 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I only got 17 against the Colts, so, yeah, I don't mm. like the chances. Mm. So as Peps was mentioning before, the elite matchup, uh, the Browns are taking on the Chargers, uh, both three and one teams in the AFC, both hopefuls uh, for the playoffs at this rate. Um, Cleveland's running game has been elite. They've got two of the top running backs in the league currently. Um, and the Chargers offense has been pretty good. Justin Herbert's got them singing. Um, you know, I think uh, their running game, of course, hinges on the health of uh, Eckler, who's had a few twists of the of his legs, but he's, played through a lot of those injuries um, and, and he's continued to go. Like, he's got a few niggles, but he's still elite. So um, I've got no issues there. Uh, but if I had to pick between these two teams, Chargers, their defensive line's been playing pretty well. Um, you got a Bosa brother on the end that does help your chances. Mm-hmm. Um, the secondary's got a few names there as well, which have been playing pretty well. But I just think the Browns' defense on the flip side's just better for my mind. Um, so maybe that's my slight difference here. Uh, I think the Browns have, they've, you know, it's called the dog pound. They like to to pound the rock. Um, they like to grind out football games. They're a greedy team. So I, I like them in this one. Um, 
And I think it was interesting, Miles Garrett during the week, um, I've probably seen the chat, goes sleeveless, gets drug tested. Um, he is an absolute physical <laughs> specimen. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I like the Browns in this one. And I think this might end up being a bit higher scoring than I alluded to with the defensive stuff before. But, yeah, I like this one. This is going to be a good game of footy. Dude, uh, Miles Garrett's traps have got traps. Like, <laughs> he is a specimen. It's ridiculous. Uh, I think the the key is that that matchup is that defensive line of Cleveland up against that offensive line of the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers invested heavily in uh, in bringing across a few guys. Uh, Corey Lindsley, their center, uh, was at the at the Packers last year, uh, and I think that's where this. Battle will be won in the trenches. And you know what? We've been agreeing with each other a lot uh, throughout these games. I want to go something different. I think the Chargers at 3-1 and one, uh, with that high-powered offense and that sneaky good defense, I think they get this one done. But, of course, an elite matchup and one of a few really interesting games uh, to come out of the round. Uh, and, and both teams, kind of AFC Smokies. You know, everyone's got the Chiefs. Everyone's got the Bills uh, to, to go deep. Uh, that I think both these teams are, are, are kind of smokies. Um, I'll go the Chargers. I'm not super confident, but I, I think it'll be a good spectacle. Thanks. Yep. Um, I have also gone Chargers. Um, no real confidence there either. It is probably one of the closest matchups of the week in terms of our betting odds. Um, so Chargers do head into the match favourites at $1.75. Uh, Browns are out at $2.08 at the moment. And we have a total match points of 46 and a half. So that probably plays into your high scoring theory, Sean. Well, I think it kind of plays the middle ground there of, um, yeah, maybe it's a defensive battle and he stays low-ish because 46 is mm. you know, in that middle kind of period. And it's not like super high where it's in the 50s. 46 might be a bit juicy there. Like Both these teams can score points. So yeah, I'll be interested to see how this one goes and whether, whether I think if... I don't want to say this game's going to be one of the coin toss, but if the Browns get it to start with and they score, you know, pound that rock and score early, um, it might be a game where the Chargers have to chase a lot with the Browns just staying ahead of them. I, that's kind of where I think the game script might go. Um, of course, mm. all dependent on who wins the first coin toss in my magical theory scenario there. Um, yeah. Interesting. Uh Giants taking on Cowboys. Uh, Giants got off their donut last week um, with that overtime upset of the Saints. Danny Dimes threw over 400 yards. And then Saquon, um, I think we said this last week, starting to look more like old Saquon, doing Mm -hmm. Saquon things. Um, I think it sounds by all accounts he killed some of your dudes in the Survivor League, Peps. Um, Well, the the Giants in general, yeah. So I'm in a uh, a, uh, Tipham Survivor League. You've just got to... Pick a team that wins, and uh, you can't re-pick that team throughout the year. So a lot of blokes uh, lost to lost to two New York teams, actually. A lot of guys going the Saints and a lot of guys going the Titans to win last week, uh, and they both lost their matchups against the Giants and the New York Jets. Uh, so good for our survival league. Knocked a few blokes out. Uh, definitely something where I think we all picked the Saints. That we all pick the Saints rather to beat the Giants. Uh, they do have their work cut out for them coming into this game against the Dallas Cowboys, whose offense looks really good. Uh, they they beat the Panthers last week. 
this highly touted Panthers defense didn't stand much of a chance. Zeke, uh, he we speak about Saquon looking like old Saquon. Zeke hasn't had the injuries, but possibly a little bit lower in production uh, last year than what people had expected. How's this? 20 carries, 143 yards and a touchdown and complemented by Tony Pollard there. And uh, kind of a New Orleans uh, Saints vibe about it. Dak Prescott, 14 completions, four touchdowns. So very similar to Jameis Winston uh, going out against the Packers in week one with that one. A bit of a head-scratcher here was Jalen Smith getting released, the Pro Bowl linebacker for the Cowboys. That maybe speaks volumes to how improved their uh, their defense is to, to where they were this time a year ago. Trayvon Diggs, I think he has five interceptions, boys, yep. um, leading the league at cornerback there. I think the Cowboys win this pretty comfortably. Your thoughts? Yeah, I just, I just want to go back to... Those stats, you know, 30 rushing attempts and only 14 completions. Uh, two of those touchdowns were to tight ends, so uh, a bit of a quiet day for the wide receivers. Uh, yeah, yes. Which is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, C.D. Lamb, very quiet. Uh, Murray Cooper, quite quiet. Uh, was it you that picked up Dalton Schultz in our fantasy league? He's yep. he's had a bit of an impact. They go out there with a lot of two tight ends uh, sets as well uh, with him and Blake Jarwin. Um, Especially when uh, they pound the rock. So yeah, a bit of a different story to that. You know, the gunslinging Dak Prescott that we were used to in the first month of last year. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it's game situation as well. If if you're out out in front, you may as well just keep keep pounding the rock, and and if you can run successfully, you're doing it. Uh, whereas you know, if you're behind, you you got to throw the ball. So uh, look. I think the Cowboys win this. Uh, clear, clear as mud. Um, I think, I think they're the best team in this NFC East, which is a little bit spicier perhaps than uh, uh, prior years. Yeah, and just to finish up that Jalen Smith point as well. Yeah, um, what's the go there? So, as you mentioned, I think he's a two-time Pro Bowler as well. Um, by all accounts, uh, his effort was one part of it. Um, there have been some questions about. Um, his speed at the position, but then his effort um, during the start of the year was, you know, supposedly not there. Uh, maybe signing, uh, well, drafting Micah Parsons, your potential replacement, doesn't help motivation. Um, they had good money invested in him, so they've obviously just saw the writing on the wall and they've got rid of him. Uh, What's interesting, he had to pay half a mil to get his jersey number switched from 54 to, to 9, and he's ended up only playing, what was it, three games, four games in that jersey. But... He's going to sign with the Packers. So, I was I was just thinking. Uh, I, I know a team that would love uh, a linebacker to come across. <laughs> and, and yeah, so that 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 that's a good pickup, I think, for the Packers. Uh, quite unusual for the Cowboys to get rid of uh, someone of his calibre. We spoke we spoke about Steph Gilmore before. It's uh it's it's any any day anything can happen in this league. Uh, Monks, if you wouldn't mind just going back to the Cowboys Giants game. Cowboys. Uh, Sean, did we get your tip? Yeah, Cowboys. And uh, the odds and your tip, please. Yep. Yeah, so I've gone Cowboys as well. Uh, they are favourites thirty. Giants are out at $3.56. That probably tells us where this game's going to head. Uh, and we've got total match points of 52.5. 
quite high scoring there. I'd probably leave that alone. But yeah, I'm quite confident. I think the Cowboys are, are the real, <clears throat> the real deal this year. Last of the late games, we have the 49ers taking on the Cardinals. The Cardinals being for and I was mentioned before. Um, the NFC, the NFC. Oh my God, I've struggled twice with that tonight. NFC West uh, right now is you know very good as mentioned. Uh, Jimmy G has a calf strain. Felt like he he got stepped on. He did miss the second half. Looks likely he'll miss that game. I don't think it's confirmed yet, but looks likely he'll miss this one, which means that Trey Lance will play. Um, and I think I mentioned this at the top as well. Um, the tough, tough question um, going up against an un, undefeated um, Cardinals team. I don't think we'll see that team go undefeated for the rest of the season. But, you know, that offense for the Cards has been very fun to watch. Um, you've got both their running backs involved. They've got elite talent at wide receiver. Um, everyone's been sleeping on A.J. Green, and he's already um, showing his worth um, at, at that team and what, you know, a healthy A.J. Green can do. Uh, I don't see the 49ers winning this, even with their very good defense. Um, I'm going to back the Cardinals to go to 5-0 and here. Yeah, I agree 100%. That Cardinals offense is scary. And then we forget on the defensive side of the ball, you got guys like Chandler Jones, JJ Watt, and Buda Baker running around. Um, yeah, I, I think the Cardinals go 5-0, and and I think we've got to start talking about them as being a Super Bowl contender. Definitely looking like it. Mr. Monkey? Yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, yeah, all things going to plan. If Trey Lance does play, this is probably going to be a huge game for him. Um, probably going to set him up for the next couple games, if not the rest of the season, if he has a good outing, I guess. Um, that being said, I have gone cards. They are our favourites at $1.42. 49ers are out at $2.00. And two dollars ninety. Uh, I've got total match points of forty nine and a half. Yeah, it's and I'm I'm going to say this because I think. Let me double check. I am versing the Cards defense this week in fantasy. I am. I think they might finish with two interceptions and seven sacks in this game um, with Trey Lance in the full start. I think they're really going to get after him, um, which mm. is not great for my fantasy outlook. But uh, just that's my feeling on that one. Thunder night football. Uh, Let's finish it off with a, you know, that's a big game coming up here with the Bills taking on the Chiefs. Bills are three and one. The Chiefs starting their ascendancy back up the ladder. They're two and two after their win. Um, of course, this is the last year's AFC champ game. Uh, we mentioned before, Bills dismantled the te- Texans, held them to zero, scored 40 plus points. Um, looking like they got the best day in football so far. The offense is elite. They've got talent all over the place. Chiefs O finally got into a role. Finally got Tyreek Hill back involved after he'd gone missing for a fortnight. He finished with 11 catches, 186 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, he just got stopped with before he got his fourth. Mahomes got five touchdowns and just under 300 yards. Did throw one pick, but it's all good, um, including some you know typical Patrick Mahomes underhand passes, etc. Um, C C H um, Child. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a good game as well, 102 yards of receiving and a touchdown. On the flip side, Kels was a bit quiet. He had four receptions for 23 yards. But what do we think going in this one? And I'm going to go out on the limb and pick the upset here. I've picked the Bills. I love that. Uh, the way they've been playing the last three weeks, you, you can't argue it. I think that, If that, this wasn't that, an hour, hour ahead, I'd be way more confident. But since it's an hour ahead, I was just like, Oh, 
I like the Bills. Don't like them that much now. But I stuck true and I picked them in this one. They've they've been a powerhouse on both sides of the football. I for mine the Arrowhead advantage uh, and and the experience of the Chiefs. Uh, I've gone them here, but this is the match of the round. I, I think we can agree, and how good that it's in prime time. It's Sunday night, uh, which means a sort of midday game for us here down under. Uh, can't wait for this one. Uh, you know what I'd be interested in this one is the total match points. I think this is a shootout. I think we we, we get the offensive shootout that, that probably people want to see. I hope it's 55. Mm. I think that's a decent overs pick there. Pretty close to spot on. <laughs> Pretty close. Um, I have back the Chiefs. Uh, they, I guess, yeah, uh, we probably mentioned it last week. Um, they had seemed to have a bit of a slow start to this season. Um, but, yeah, really, I guess, turning that corner now. They are favourites, $1.56. Um, the Bills are out at $2.25 at the moment. Total match points is... Fifty-six and a half. Oh God, that's <laughs> that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. It is a lot of points. What was what did we have in the Chiefs Eagles game? About seventy-two, I think. So, seventy-two there, and yeah, um, I Bills put up forty. Yeah, but that was against Houston. Against who, Houston, um, couldn't score a point against the Tuggeranong Tornadoes defense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they put up forty. Three against Washington, again, defense, uh, and 35 against Dolphins. So Overs, this will I be think, the biggest test. Yeah, I think it is as well. Yeah. Sun, Sunday night, it is a high line, uh, but I think we do get the shootout that we're hoping for. I thought they might have actually pushed that line closer to 60. The fact that it's closer to 55, I think that's juicy. We'll go after that. Monday Night Football, last game of the round. We have the Colts taking on the Ravens. Colts coming off a donut against the, the Dolphins, but a, no, not the most impressive a game of football. Ravens, of course, getting that big wing in Denver. Um, they just got 100 yards to, I think, equal the record for 43 consecutive, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, consecutive games with 100-plus rushing yards for the team. Uh, so they potentially and probably will break that against the Colts. Um, I think the Ravens will do this one quite easily. Um, Colts, though, starting to get healthy. Wentz and Nelson both playing. Jonathan Taylor got involved in that Dolphins game. Um, finally, mm. you know, getting. I think it, it rides very much on those previous two I mentioned on their health and how that team's going to go. Um, uh, was it Mo Ali Cox as well? Yeah, top end. Um, so I think they may be starting to get back into their mojo. I think they missed it with that first month of the year. Um, with those injuries and those guys getting back in. So they should be better. Don't think they beat the Ravens, though. I'm picking the Ravens. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, we, we speak about the worst division in football in the AFC South. Perhaps if they can string together seven or eight wins, they might be a playoff team. Uh, but I think the Ravens at home, too big an obstacle here. And I do think that they break that Pittsburgh Steelers record this week. Uh, I've gone the Ravens uh, amongst your tips and odds, if you wouldn't mind. Yep. Yeah, I have gone Ravens as well. Um, they are favourites $1.30 at the moment. The Colts are sitting out at $3.55. And we've got total match points of 45 and a half. It's 
quite short there in Baltimore, a dollar thirty. Um, not really sure. I, I, if if I had to put money on that, I'd go the unders. That Baltimore uh, haven't been putting up a lot of points and coming away with wins, and uh, the Colts have scored fuck all. So yeah. if, if I had to pick, yeah. So I think with that uh, finishes up NFL chat for the week uh, in NFL hour. So, so I think that means we need to move into the final round. Um, ding, ding. Ding, ding from the peppy. <laughs> uh, UFC and boxing uh, will kick us off. We need to talk. We're going to talk about a little bit about the UFC. There's a lot of fight nights happening in the next couple of weeks before we lead up to uh, UFC 267 at the end of the month. Um, but we'll cover that when we get closer to it with the, the title fights um, that are on on that card. Um, but then what was interesting that came out of this UFC Vegas uh, 38 fight uh, was the co-main with Kevin Hollander, Hollander versus Kyle. How do you say his last name? Uh, Dorcas, I think. Dorcas. Um, I'll go with that. They had a head clash where um, Kevin Holland uh, – clearly knocked out like he he, he goes out he's, well, all his legs go limp he falls down and then Kyle jumps on him and chokes him out um they watched the video back uh afterwards and they could see hey clearly he was inhibited because of the knockout um and they ruled it a no contest um yeah uh, the note here is very much like hey they did a DRS um VR uh, review from you know cricket or soccer where they've gone back and reviewed what happened in those last moments because they thought something happened there and I did an incidental um, or accidental head clash um, caused Kevin to be knocked out. Um, Holland, after the fight, said, hey, the, he knocked me out and choked me out in the same fight. Uh, I think he deserves the win. Um, but they have rebooked this fight for in a month's time. I think there's 44 days between the two fights, uh, which is interesting considering one bloke got knocked out and submitted in the mm-hmm. same fight um, mm-hmm. to do it in such short turnaround. But... Yeah, it was just an interesting kind of way it all finished up um, to to for that co-main there. Very, very unusual and an interesting precedent that they've set that they'll go back and have a look on the video. Obviously, it's it's they made the right call, I think, in mm. terms of the rules. Uh, you, you, you can't gain an advantage from an accidental head clash, uh, and he clearly did. Uh, but, yeah, the weird thing is, is going back uh, and taking it out of uh, the referee's hands and looking at it uh, on the on the video replay, uh, yeah. Again, as well, quite a short turnaround in uh, in running that one back in uh, in what six weeks time. Uh, but all class, Kevin Holland uh, going out there afterwards. Uh, a lot of respect between the two blokes, and uh, and he said, yeah, uh, I I didn't deserve to win this, and you know this this. Bloke deserved to win, and um, you respect that, I guess. Uh, moving forward, the the main event was in the light heavyweight division with Thiago Santos defeating Johnny Walker. I think this was fifth versus tenth in the yep. rankings. Um, five rounds, unanimous decision. Bit of a war. Um, both got a bit beat up in this. Both uh, need medical clearance. That is still pending. Uh, 37-year-old Thiago Santos, he's still got it. He was coming off three losses, I believe, uh, to Rakic, uh, Glover Teixeira, and a title fight against John Jones. 
Um, so good to, good to see him still going at it. Uh, Johnny Walker, uh, months we were talking about it on the way to golf the other day. Uh, probably the least Brazilian name getting around uh, that you've ever heard of. Uh, if you do look at the bloke's real name, uh, it is it is a very long Portuguese uh, name that you would expect of a Brazilian with the words Johnny Walker mixed in there at some stage. That's it. Um, also on Johnny Walker, I don't know how you how you feel about this, but he trains out of Ireland as well. Um, with uh, I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a little bit. I don't of, know. So the bloke is named after a whiskey, trains out of Ireland. True, true. Scottish yeah. whiskey as well, so I don't know how too many people would feel about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Walker's been a bit of an interesting one with, you know, he's talented. He just hasn't been able to um, to push himself up into the upper echelons of that top 10 in that division. Um, yeah, he was coming off a few wins and I think he was um, favoured to, to take this one out. Obviously, a wall could have gone on the way. Uh, but yeah okay optimus um so a few of <laughs> had had wins on this card as well um uh jamie uh malarkey with a great name had a, a win over Devonte smith um not of course the the philly wide receiver um this was at lightweight and then casey o'neill uh, had a win over um, the Bullets' yeah, younger sister, I believe, um, as well for, to represent the Australians to get a win in that one. Uh, Nagano versus Gain, when is that, Monkey? Yep, um, so it's been announced for 270, uh, which is um, going to be January next year. So um, Nagano, yeah. obviously. Um, okay, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, unifying that belt, I guess, um, with uh, Cyril Gain uh, currently holding the interim. Yeah, and I think uh, Oliveira and Poirier was being booked for two six nine as well. So they have mm. some good good championship oh, fights coming up on the on the um, older older years. He's back. He's finally back. Um, Is he? <laughs> We might be having some technical difficulties here, boys. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. We, yeah, you now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you just need to go peel that potato a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't wait to be back in the studio. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think I will. Definitely. Uh, boxing, finish up at UFC. Boxing, mm. uh, Fury taking on Wilder this weekend. Um, yeah. Huge, huge fight um, by all the cards. Be interested to see what happens after this. I think it's the main chat. Uh, um, he, you know, with Joshua, he's going to do his rematch, and that's kind of held up the other three or four belts. And then um, you've got Fury with his one um, on this side, taking on Wilder in their rematch. Who are you guys backing in this one? Um, I'm very much going to stay with Fury for this. Uh, he probably sticks with the same sort of game plan of pushing Wilder back um, and trying to get him to... Um, you know, try to fight that counter-punching uh, fight uh, where he can't lead with his power shots. 
um, and see if he can dominate him again. But it has been well, probably 12 months in between fights for them. So maybe in that time frame, Waller's learned how to fight going backwards. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens. I like to keep um, Fury on this, and then hopefully Joshua can get his belts back and they run this back as a um, the 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 two English fighters finally fighting for the you know unified heavyweight championship. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go Fury too. I'll go the big beer bellied uh, Irishman over the shredded bronze bomber uh but this could go either way obviously uh, a trilogy between them uh with both having a win uh be interesting to see like you see sean uh has has wilder learnt from this loss uh last time out against tyson yeah and i'm just hoping for a good close spectacle uh look knockouts are always fun in, in boxing don't don't get me wrong but i think these guys obviously along with joshua coming off that l last week the elites in the heavyweight uh, division and keeping the more casual fans interested in, in a sport, which is probably starting to succeed a little bit to, uh, to the UFC. Uh, but Monks, do you think Fury gets done here or do you think the bronze bomber Deontay Wilder goes out and gets a job done? Yeah. Um, the odds probably don't reflect it. I do think, I do hope that this is a close one. Um, I do I guess again hope that Fury hasn't really sort of settled into that. Um, um, I've got one up on Wilder and sort of will slack off a little bit. Um, there was a bit of a I guess meme going around social medias with Fury um being succumbed to the Versace curse, where he's got the Versace dressing gown on and just cruising around and all that sort of stuff. Um, so hopefully he's still got that um, mentality to absolutely try and um, knock Wilder's, Wilder's head off. Um, that being said, um, he is the favourite leading to the matchup. $1.30 with Wilder out at $3.33. Um, and Tyson does have that method of victory as a TKO favourite, $1.91. Wow. Uh, Tyson uh, via knockout slash TKO, $1.91. Interesting. Mm. That'll finish up uh, the fighting news for the week. Uh, we need to have a look at the round ball football and soccer. APL uh, over the week um, had another round and a lot of draws, a lot of big games with draws. Uh, Man United and Everton played out a one-all draw. Um, United have only had one point from their last two outings and have slid down to fourth. Chelsea did get a win over Southampton 3-1. Go to the top of the table um, from their guys. Uh, Arsenal sorry, and Brighton played at a nil all a draw um, from two tiny clubs. Brighton are up to sixth. I know Peps loves to talk about how tiny of a club Arsenal is. I Ooh. thought it was funny they played a nil all draw out against Brighton. Uh, it's, well, it's interesting that they're below Brighton and, uh, and Brentford we'll get to in a second. So... Tiny little club down there in London, Arsenal. Not sure if you've heard of them. Yeah, very much struggling. Uh, Crystal Palace did beat Leicester City. Uh, well, no, sorry, they drew 2-2. Um, the Foxes gave up two goal lead in the second half. Uh, as you mentioned, Brentford beat West Ham 2-1. Um, up the Bs, they're coming up to seventh. And what we mentioned is the game in the round last week. Liverpool and Man City played out a two-all draw as well. Um, the KDB equaliser there. 
Uh, don't think there's any matches this week for the EPL. I'm not sure if there's an international round. Yeah, it, yeah, international round. I think the Socceroos will be in action uh, against Oman, I believe. Uh, keep an eye on what's happening in Europe. Um, but, yeah, a, a little bit of a lacklustre uh, um, round, I should say, in uh, in the terms of the results of the games. A lot of draws. Uh, but still very early on in the APL, only seven uh, matches through. So we'll see what happens later on in the season. Uh, did you boys know that the baseball is through the playoffs? Obviously not one of our fortes on the Esky. <laughs> We're doing a little bit of uh, pre-pod research on this one. Uh, who have we got? Who, who's still alive? The Yankees went out to the Red Sox uh, today, was it? And, um, yep. yeah. Couldn't really tell you much more, to be honest. Yeah, we'll and the Dodgers their no. wild card match as well with a walk-off to go in. And they'll take on the San Fran Giants, San Francisco Giants, for the first time um, in their history. Um, there is eight teams uh, remaining as they go into the start of well, the, the main playoffs for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, wild card, of course, being across the weekend. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes um, and report back of how the – you know, the playoff goes leading into the World Series. Um, and it finishes off uh, F1. Not much news, but there's a race on on the weekend. They're in Turkey, um, the Turkish Grand Prix. Uh, I think Red Bull have got a white a white Red Bull this year to represent Honda um, for the Japan um, manufacturing company. Um, and that's probably about mm-hmm. it news-wise for the F1. Um, um, I do have what looks like some sort of breaking news. Um, apparently, the medical car team has been switched out because they've tested positive for COVID. Um, go. Yep, that's it. So hopefully that isn't widespread across the teams and we still do have a race this weekend, I guess. I think Raikkonen must be back by now too. They can't keep uh, um, Robert Kubica in there forever. Mm. Um. But I think that's probably all the main news. I'm just quick doing a quick roundup, seeing if there's anything interesting. Doesn't look like it. So with that, lads, thank you for two and a half hours of Sports Dribble. Um, it's always been a pleasure. Uh, and as we said at the top of the show, um, please consider subscribing, checking out our socials. Amongst us, a great work on the Insta with Peps beautiful on the tags. Uh, <laughs> Thanks as always, boys, for for the chat. Um, we'll do it all again next week with more NFL news, of course. Um, the local sports kind of finishing up, but there's cricket in full swing, and then uh, we'll start looking at the MLB um, and tell you what happened in that F1 race as well. Can't wait, boys. I'll see you virtually next week and uh, in person, perhaps by the end of the month. Uh, can't wait for that. Uh, in the meantime. Uh, looking forward to seeing the IPL playoffs. Uh, by the time we come around to next week's ep, uh, we should have an indication of the last three teams remaining. Yep. yep. Thank you all. Thank you, boys. We'll see you later. Bye. Gotcha. Yep. Bye.